0: Now listening to Lucha Outsiders Show Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere
1: you listen to podcasts
0: At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere
1: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud
2: Take yourself. We have the old one intro, because I didn't download the new one. New it's to the show. I'm Leo mark. Have
0: no fear. The <laughs> sport entertainers are here. I am the heel, the seal, the deal, the villain, the stage chill, the anti hero the IWC, your boy, six rated R, and our third man on the broadcast is mountain of the yell. oh, no. he's the man that put the honor back in Ring of Honor. Yeah. Great shooter on Twitter. When it comes to wrestling, pew, pew. Mean streets of LI. LI. Yo yo yo, what's going on, boys? Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday.
2: Indeed? Is it oh, really a Saturday? Wait, is it is this I thought it was Sunday.
1: No, it's not Sunday. Ah, okay. Nah, throwing you <laughs> off here. They're throwing off all the viewers too. They're like, they've seen Lucha Outsiders going live. They're like, wait a minute. What day is it?
0: It's crazy. What up, guys? Leo, how are you, bro? Welcome back. How was your vacation?
2: Oh, the vacation was awesome. Uh, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico. Uh, I did see a couple of, uh, like, signs for, like, uh, WWC, the one uh, with, like, uh, Cologne and all these people. So, again, uh, people think of uh, Puerto Rico, they think of uh, reggaeton, but uh, wrestling is still alive over there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wrestling is everywhere, baby. Well, well, I'm glad that you got to, uh, you know have a vacation with your family. Much needed. You work constantly. and The hardest worker in the room. Well, we did mention that on the last episode because uh, Ryan and, and myself, we did do an episode yeah. when you were on vacation and we mentioned how, you know, well-deserved, bro. You, you need a vacation here or there.
2: Yes, I do. Plus, with all the stuff that I got coming up next, but don't tell people. No le digas. But we're here. i tell you who's not the hardest worker in the room. See I'm Punk. He's home right now. Well,
0: why are you, <laughs> ju- why are you jumping <laughs> the lead, bro? Why? Because then,
2: because then it wouldn't be me. Uh, <laughs> what's up, Mario?
0: Uh, I'm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll listen. I'm. I'm here, man. Um, have no fear. You know what? Let's just skip on how I'm doing. <laughs> Ryan, how are you doing? <laughs> uh, uh, pass. <laughs> we cannot pass people. We cannot pass. We're gonna be passing all day. The pass-along show. Go ahead. Uh, Leo, real quick, because I I know we're on Zoom and we're not in studio, and I'm actually using my laptop and not my phone. Are you getting any feedback or we're good? No, you're good. The sound is perfect. ¿Estamos bien? Okay. Okay. Estamos bien. So, dale. By the way,
2: Jessica Hoffman is saying, hey, guys, what's up? It's Saturday. Woo! <laughs>
0: that that last woo was me.
3: <laughs> I,
2: I, I could I could tell
0: <laughs> I could tell it was you, Leo. I could one thousand percent tell it was you. I mean, All right, I'm pretty um, sure that's how she wrote it. Woo. Let's uh give you a minute. You know, let's get started the right way. Hashtag okay. it's Rebel time. Woo. All right, um, there's a lot to unpack here. I know friends of the show, the Fox, the people that follow us on social media and, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the people that re- religiously listen to the podcast or watch us on Facebook Live wants to know about our opinions about Clash of the Castle, right? That's what they want to know, <laughs> right, Ryan? Of right. Of course, yeah,
1: man. Clash sure of the Castle? No, 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 no. I'll do you one better. They want to know our thoughts. On NXT, Worlds Collide. Oh, yes,
0: yeah, yes, right, yes, baby. Yes. yes. Show. Oh, yeah. What a yeah. show. <laughs> no, we're just kidding. We're just kidding. Oh, okay. Damn. So, right, I'm going to ask you this question, and I guess that's how we're going to direct this episode. Because it's going to be a lot of AEW talk. I know Clash of the Castle was dope. Uh, we got a new member of the Bloodline. Um, Walter and Sheamus put on a fantastic match at the Clash. What? What? Uh, Braun Strowman is back. There's a, listen, WWE <laughs> WWE's doing great stuff, okay? Maybe bad timing for AEW, but WWE, listen, the last two months, phenomenal stuff. In Paul, United we trust. Championship, the Intercontinental Championship, they feel like titles that actually mean something. I think it's t- safe to say that WWE, listen, they're back in the promised land, baby. They're and Paul trust, okay? <laughs> In Paul, we trust, okay? In Paul, we trust. But I know you guys don't want to hear about that. And for any peckerhead that's like, oh, how come you're not talking about NXT? Listen, NXT, NXT. I, I, heard the, I heard the show was good, but we are not going to talk about NXT, okay? That's not what we're going to do.
1: I did not watch it anyway, so I couldn't even give you my thoughts even if I wanted to. And I don't plan on going back to watch it, so.
0: So, Ryan, do we want to start on our Chicago trip that leads into All Out? Or do you want to just kind of, just get right into it. Talk about everything that kind of transpired after All Out, blending our Chicago trip in there, and and um, I guess what happened in All Out and Dynamite, and what's our thoughts on everything. How do you want to do this, Ryan? Because it's gonna be a lot that we're gonna have to cover. Listen, this is gonna be this is gonna be a two hour show, guys. So so get yeah. ready.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hey, let's just jump right into you know. Yeah, I guess our trip, and then we'll blend into you know. We'll make the people wait. I'll for that eventual eight, uh eight, for eight, what right. they want us to really talk about the the giant elephant in the room uh because you know if we skip right to that then we're just going to be backtracking later on and it's just <laughs> you know it's going to be a giant mess just like the AEW locker room so uh, yeah yeah okay uh,
0: let's uh let's do that then so i got to chicago thursday morning uh wednesday night yeah. i watched dynamite i didn't get home to like I want to say like 1030 at night. So I watched Dynamite. And then I took like about a two hour and a half nap, give or take. I got picked up by my Uber. That was probably the worst Uber I've ever taken in my life. This idiot didn't know where he was going. I tried to listen, I pretty much did a Karen and went on the Uber app and see if I could get my money back. That's how terrible this Uber was. Meanwhile, I booked this Uber ahead of time. So I could get to the airport early. The Uber didn't show up till like 15 minutes later. The guy was past my block waiting there with this hazards on. I'm over here waving. I'm like, Hey, idiot, turn around. That's not where my house is at. This is by far the worst Uber I have ever taken in my life. Oh I, have my a, I have a
2: worse one, but it's not with wrestling. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> we almost died and the guy was drinking just saying
0: well that that's not that's not good leo that's not good at all <laughs> welcome so, to, welcome to puerto to rico my, i made it to my flight i get to chicago i love chicago i felt like i just left there because i was there for forbidden door weekend you literally did just leave <laughs> i and that that literally that's how i felt too um shout out to teddy and sergio good brother sergio they picked me up i spent i stayed with them um during my chicago trip and they were fucking amazing they're they're fucking awesome people i um so we ended up doing a couple of things in chicago early in the morning we ended up getting lunch i believe uh earlier than that we ended up dropping off teddy sisters t- t- at work which it was in downtown chicago so i got wonderful views of chicago from there uh we ended up getting a couple things and then we kind of chilled out for most of the day Till aaw which is a local chicago uh, indie promotion which it was something that was off that i wanted to check off my bucket list especially the venue some of the the talent that's come out of this promotion and that's where i saw Oridian um from the restaurants as well and i got to meet low from wrestling Wine down and uh casey which is over the moon salt uh she's a, a very phenomenal cosplayer and that was the first time I ended up meeting them in person, and we had a great night. The show was phenomenal, awesome show. Got to see Ace Austin, uh, Jake Something, ACH Aussie Open. Like it was like a who's who of um, of uh, that was on the card. Uh, Josh Alexander and. Um, um uh, masha slamovich they put on a fucking banger that was like my favorite match on the card so overall i'm happy i attended this show and obviously it was filled with a lot of wrestling fans that was going to be there for the weekend um from all over the place but overall i thought the, the show was phenomenal it was something i checked off my bucket list and anytime i'm back in chicago and let's say they're running a show there i would like to go back because the show was great and the venue was dope and yeah that was kind of like first day in chicago how about you
1: ryan uh, yeah. So I got there Thursday as well. Um, didn't have a crazy Uber experience, but I did Uber to the airport early in the morning. Um, this guy was speeding down the freaking highway though. Thank God, man. He was going, uh, he was going like well over the speed limit to get us there. So, uh, you know, got there. At the- Wish I, I had the that fucking airport. Uber. Oh my God, dude. I literally thought I was, this guy was flying, bro. Like it was <laughs> like, he was flying through the HOV lane. It was, it was, it was crazy. Um, so yeah, got to the airport, no problems. Flight was good. Got to Chicago, no issues. Uh, got there pretty early, about like 9.30, 10 o'clock, something like that. Um, and they kind of just chilled, you know, like travel days are kind of tough, uh, especially when it's an early morning flight. And I got yep. up at like five in the morning. Um, so it was, you know, I, I, definitely felt tired, uh, slept on the plane a little bit, but I got to Chicago, met up with some of my friends. Um, I stayed with my friend, Tommy, shout out to him. He's got an apartment over in the suburbs in, uh, Algonquin, Illinois. So it's kind of like far away from the city, but not too far away from, uh, the now arena where, um, you know, Hoffman Estates where the pay-per-view is taking place. Yeah, because um,
0: um, the Now Arena is not in Chicago, okay?
1: No, no it's nowhere near actual Chicago uh, for those who have never been before. Um, so, yeah, basically just kind of chilled out, uh, you know, got some lunch, chilled out at his place for a little bit, and then uh, grabbed some dinner, and then kind of just really just hung out, again, at his place for, for the night. I Didn't really do anything. Was thinking about AAW Um, but decided against it. But it's definitely something that I'd like to do in the future. I'm sure I'll be back in Chicago. That's definitely a given. So, um, you know, there'll be more opportunities for me to go there. But, uh, yeah, just nothing really to – just kind of just a relaxing first day and went to sleep pretty early on Thursday night because Friday was going to be when, uh, you know, everything kind of began for the weekend. So,
0: So Friday, uh, Aridian had this big brunch planned out for pretty much all her friends and – Pretty much all the people I was hanging out with throughout the weekend. And it was this place. I've been there before. We were there for forbidden door weekend. We went there for the first time. I believe the place is called Pink Paradise or Paradise Pink. What's one of those names? Um, that's where I actually dressed like an adult and not a man child. Okay. <laughs> and it was, a, it was a great time there. It was a really, really great time. We got to uh, get to know one o- uh, another, like some of the people that I met for the first time. And it was an awesome time. We did that for brunch, and then we, end, uh, we ended up going back to Teddy's and just kind of just hung out for, for a bit for the evening, and then we went to Rampage. And I had mentioned this to Leo privately, and maybe you could agree uh, with this, too. They need to—listen, we made the best out of Rampage, like the taping of Rampage and, you know, the dark matches they tape, but— they really need to change the format for the live crowd. Like I get that you have to take content for dark and dark elevation. I understand that 1000%. Okay. And then we have the live rampage, but maybe cut like three matches of some of the dark and dark elevation tapings. And then maybe after rampage, give us something like great for like an, like an actual dark match, like a couple like maybe two, or maybe, maybe even one big dark match. Like, a multi man tag match with like a who's who of like who you have on your roster. Give me something else. Give me, give me something. That's all we ask for something. Cause as much as I love Ricky Starks and he's, listen, he's a star, there's no reason why he should be facing QT Marshall in the main event. Okay.
1: Yeah, uh, Rampage is, like, the worst show. Not not even just watching it on TV. It's brutal to attend that show live in person. I obviously was going to go because, you know, why the hell not? You know, like, it's it, you know, we're there. Uh, you know, all my buddies wanted to go and stuff like that. Um, you know, you guys were going. So, I mean, obviously, like, why wouldn't I go? But let me tell you, like, my goodness, it's just... You get to the arena, and I I wanted to go... Literally, so like Chicago is one hour back from here, from you know Eastern. Yeah, time. we're so we're an
0: we're an hour but we're we're an hour ahead from Chicago. Yeah.
1: So Rampage starts there at nine. So um you know Dark Match starts seven instead of like if you were here Dark Matches at eight, Rampage at ten. Um I wanted to literally show up at like eight thirty eight forty five to be in my seat right you know for fifteen minutes to spare for Rampage to begin and that's it. But, you know, of course, my friends wanted to go early and, you know, I kind of had no say unless I wanted to Uber myself, but it wouldn't have made sense because, you know, my friends are driving me and stuff like that. So we got to the arena at seven o'clock, uh, walked in a little after seven and literally it's just squash match after, squash match, after yep. squash match. It's literally like the matches go a minute and a half to two minutes like they don't even go like it's not even like the local jobbers come in and, like, get their shit in. They come in, and they literally job the, sh- the hell out. They get no offense in. It's just a pointless, like, two hours before Rampage. I don't know how anybody can enjoy it. At one point, I just started walking around the arena. <laughs> the arena is not that big. So there's really not that – there's no way to really walk. So, like, literally, I went outside to the smoking area just to get some fresh air and just hang out out there. Rampage because- is so
0: bad that you wanted to smoke a cigarette.
1: Yeah, right. I don't even smoke. I've never smoked a cigarette a day in my life. Um, it's just, God, it's so brutal, man. I could not wait for Rampage to start. But even then, that's not even saying much, because Rampage is not that good or entertaining either. Um, so it's kind of just like, geez, what a pointless show. What a pointless hour of television that they, you know, slotted uh, for that show week week after week. It's just like, Jesus Christ, can you put something on there that, that's somewhat intriguing?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um... Another thing too that I notice is man, there's a lot of things that we're gonna say about Tony Khan today, but the the presentation of Ring of Honor, like Claudio's your Ring of Honor world champion, but to me, that title really doesn't mean anything anymore. It meant Um, more when Jonathan Grisham had him, and it's not on Claudio. It's the presentation of it. Like, why is he facing he faced Davari, didn't he? Yep. Why is he facing Davari? And this is no disrespect to Davari. Why is he facing Davari on Dark for that
1: world title? It, it doesn't. That title really means nothing. Johnny- put it up, and then and they put it on TV last night for Rampage, and when he defended against uh, Dax Harwood, that and that, that was that's, to, something. that's something. That's right. But we're supposed to care now about the Ring of Honor title when it's just on Dark. I'm not even going to say next week, earlier this week. It was on Dark, and now it's on Rampage, so it's supposed to care. I don't care about any of these Ring of Honor titles. I actually had, like, not an argument, but I was, like, literally talking to uh, a couple of my friends about this, too. Uh, you know, when I was watching Dynamite this past week and, you know, the ROH Pure title main event of the show. I'm just like, who actually cares? Who Who's tuning in to watch Dynamite and actually gives a shit about the Ring of Honor Pure title? I don't. I'm sorry. I don't. Is a great moment for Daniel Garcia. I understand why they did it. He's his hometown boy. Great match. But, dude, I don't care about the Ring of Honor. They made a big deal about him winning that title. Nobody who's tuning into AEW cares about that. Nobody does. I'm, I'm, maybe there's a few people out there, but if it was an AEW title, I'd care. I don't care. The Ring of Honor can't get TV fast enough, let me tell you. I want everything Ring of Honor off of AEW. I want them gone. I don't want to see any Ring of Honor influence on AEW. I, I just don't. I really don't. How
0: about if they change all the Ring of Honor titles to Rampage titles? Yeah. <laughs> How about if Claudia becomes the AEW Rampage World <laughs> Rampage
1: Champion? Oh, God. What a, what a title that would be. And FTR would be understand. the the AEW Rampage Tag Team Champion. Like the Raw SmackDown Tag Titles with the Dynamite Tag Titles and the Rampage Tag Titles. Uh, listen, I- I'm obviously kidding when I'm saying this, but... <sighs> They can't
0: just live off a of pay per view like their existence right. can't just be pay per views. Listen, I agree with you. the The match was great. the 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 big moment for for Daniel Garcia, but it would have meant a lot more if it would have been for an AEW title. Of course, yeah. It's people using dynamite to watch or, AEW, or or maybe, or or maybe even like the winner of this match faces like. Or, or warlow for the tnt championship or something I, I, the the um, having these championships just showcased on aw television it's doing more harm than anything
1: yeah yeah i mean look it also you know we have the AAA titles coming back into play here too recently uh with sammy guevara and yeah, the, the and you know they defended the titles on the pay per view and in, in the pre show hour, but um, you know for the AAA titles. But again, we're supposed to care. I don't care. I don't give a shit, bro, about any of these championships. I really don't. I love wrestling. I just don't care. I don't. I, I don't follow AAA. So why would I care who the champions are? Ring right. of Honor. Okay, if they get TV and everything, yeah, maybe I'll follow loosely. You know and
0: what happened this past weekend, man. If, if I'm not saying the boat has sailed for a potential Ring of Honor TV deal, but. I think it, it things got a little bit more complicated for Tony if he wanted to put ROH in any Turner, yeah, uh, that's true. You know, uh, outlet if, if if you know what I mean because of what transpired uh, on Sunday. Uh, but so after Rampage, we ended up attending uh, Four Cups stuff, GCW versus Black Label Pro. I got to see you there. We got to chat it mm-hmm. up a little bit, um, and then pretty much. The rest of the weekend, I was pretty much just hanging out with girls for the most part. When I would bump into you, obviously, we would, you know, bullshit and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, Teddy and Sergio ended up going. They did not attend the GCW show on, on Friday night or Saturday night. But uh, they, you know, uh, Low was very uh, gracious to, you know, allow me to tag along with them to GCW and Black Label Pro. And, you know, the show wasn't bad. But the problem was it was a late night show. And when a lot of these people are coming right after rampage and the dark tapings which like we said it was there it was it felt like a long night mm-hmm. being there then you're going to this other show which listen on paper it was a great card but the problem was you just it, there was no energy
1: yeah yeah i mean i, I can't blame anybody cuz i felt the same way it's a long day too it's not even just like rampage too like just say we take rampage out of the equation you know, me and you been talking about, like, how, you know, so you, you got brunch Friday morning. I woke up early. I got breakfast, too, at this place, uh, Burnt Toast over, um, you know, in the Chicago area or in the yep. suburb area. Uh, I think we went at, like, 9, 10 o'clock in the morning. So, like, we're already, like, it's going to be a long day ahead of us. So, even if we didn't have Rampage in the at night before that, it's still a long day, you know, unless right. you, like, take a nap before you go to the show. But, obviously, that wasn't happening. Um, yeah, it was, it was kind of rough. But... You know, I stayed for a little bit at that show. Yeah, we, we hung out for a little bit. We chatted it up. I mean, I saw, like, the Mox and Gage segment, with like, which I thought was cool. That so that was some great. matches While I was there. Um, but then, you know, my friends wanted to, you know, go. It was, I think it was 1 o'clock in the morning at that Chris, time. You know?
0: fr- Listen, let me tell you something. Nick and, and I forget the other dude's
1: name that's really cool. Ryan, yeah. Ryan, yeah. They were not feeling the show whatsoever. No, They just wanted no. no
0: parts of it.
1: No, there was uh, my buddy Tom and my buddy uh, Mike. They were the two that really wanted to go because they wanted to see the Brian Alvarez match. Right. Um, And, you know, like, I could have definitely done without going to the show as well. uh, To be honest, I don't know why, like, me, Nick, and Ryan, like, didn't. We kind of just decided not to go. Um, But, you know, again, I'm glad I went for a little bit. And, uh, you know, once they wanted to head out there... I was like, "All right, yeah, let's go." Because again, Saturday was going to be a very busy day too, so I didn't really feel like yeah. sa- staying at a show until three yeah. in the morning. So it's you know it's rough, but uh, I was also showing my age too. I'm like, "All right, I'm too old for this," you know. I gotta go to sleep.
0: How do you think I fucking feel? And I'm a little, and I'm a, uh, older than you, but uh, Saturday, Saturday comes along and like you said, it was gonna it was gonna be a long day. The girls obviously had meet and greets uh, at the FanFest. This was my first time attending an AEW FanFest. I never attended one, so I didn't really know what to expect. And to be honest with you, my expectations were very, very low. Yeah, yeah. Right off the bat, just because of, like, how much they were charging people, okay? And this is not on some cheap shit. It's just like, man, this shit is fucking expensive. Mm -hmm. So I knew it was going to be a long day. Obviously, after FanFest, you know... You would assume there's going to be some downtime and then we have the GCWR, the War Game Show, uh, later on that night. So just, just words, words to the wise, especially for men. Okay. Listen, when you have long days like this, like that's happening, right? Listen, we're human. Things happen. We're in motion. he'll so bring a little something with you. Don't be that fucking stinky guy at these shows that smells like fucking hot garbage. All right that just rolled out of bed, that didn't fucking shower, it's okay to bring a little something with you, like some de-ordering or something. Listen, I was wearing a jersey, because so let me tell you something. The venue that this place was at, it was a fucking heat room in there for Friday night. So for Art yeah, of War yeah. Games, I knew it was going to be more packed, and I knew it was going to be another hot box. So I had decided to wear a jersey that day. But still, bring a little something. It's okay to touch up on yourself a little bit. It was right? Especially us men, because us men in the wrestling community... We stink. Not necessarily us. Not necessarily us on this on this um this group that you know on this show. But there's a lot of men that smell like hot garbage. The
2: the non bathers.
0: Yeah. So it's okay to bring a little bit of deodorant on you. It's okay to Woo! bring a little bit of yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I know. I mean, hey, you could you could preach it to you know for for the longest time. You could literally say it every single week, and people still wouldn't listen. So it's just the way it is. Unfortunately, wrestling fans. Hey. <laughs> and that's it. You see them the most at these indie shows. Oh God, I know, I know.
0: And if for whatever reason, they want to talk to you about every, about every little thing. Like uh, <laughs> uh Okay, so I turned the fan fest, and like I said, I didn't know what to expect. My expectation was pretty low, but right off the bat, when I get there, I did. Compared to like a WrestleCon or like maybe a a big event, not the recent one we attended because that was just a shit show, but like other ones I attended in the past. I felt like the visually the AEW fan fest felt a little bit smaller compared to some of these other conventions or whatever. But and then listen, I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad thing, but just just visually, I just noticed it was smaller. But to my surprise, for my first fan fest, I it it over exceeded all my expectations because there was Mm -hmm. like a lot of people that you didn't have to pay for to meet, which I felt was great. And I just ended up paying for two uh, meet and greets, which was um, Athena and Ruby Soho. Those are the only two I paid for. Everyone else, like my guy Jay Lethal, Ricky Starts, Powerhouse Hobbs, The Dark Order, Penelope and Kip. I'm like, all these towns are just free. Free 99, bro. And there was other towns there that were free 99. Oh, uh, Brandon mm-hmm. Cutler, like, uh, there, there was Podcasters, like, at the same time there's like different podcasts going on with busted open and then some of the aw live shows they had like a the the action figure display with some new figures um so overall and maybe you might have a different opinion on this because I, I believe you attended um one prior to this i think my experience over exceeded my expectations uh i don't know how you felt overall about it
1: no, I agree. I it was fine. Um it was definitely an upgrade from last year. De- last year's was um a shit show. It was just run very poorly. Um the meet and greet lines were a disaster. Um the free meet and greets were not like this. They did have some free meet and greets, but they weren't uh there were it was, you know, again it was still COVID, so it was like behind glass and everything like that. But the free meet and greets weren't off to the side where they ended up being. They were like blended in with the Um, the paid talent, like, by the tables and stuff, so, like, it was, like, you just didn't know who was free, who wasn't free, um, it was just very confusing, uh, it was just, it was very poorly run last year. This year, it definitely exceeded my expectations as well. It was definitely a, an upgrade. Uh, the free meet and greets were great, man. They just did, they didn't throw out some scrubs, man. They threw out, I mean, I met Ricky. I met powerhouse Hobbs. Those are the only two I actually met, uh, from the free meet and greets, but then they had, uh, Jay Lethal. Like you said, they had, um, Kip and Penelope. They had the dark order. They had uh, butcher and the blade. I mean, you know, decent people for free, you know I mean? Hey, if you're going there and you're not meeting anybody that you're not paying to meet anybody. Like I wasn't paying those prices. Uh, you know, I didn't expect to meet anybody, even the free people. I didn't even know there was going to be free people because they didn't announce that beforehand. Walked in, I was like, wow, Ricky's free. Hopped right on the line. He couldn't have been nicer. Same with Powerhouse Hobbs. I thought he was awesome. Um, and yeah, just, you know, walking around, chilling. Uh, met up with you guys for a little bit, looked at some of the figures. Um, didn't really pay too much attention to those the stage shows, but you know they're going on as everything's going on. Um, got some food, got to sit at you know at the tables they had in, in, in the back there, and uh, kind of just chilled. So yeah, I mean overall, I have nothing terrible to say about it. Um, they're de- they definitely could add more. I mean, they 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 right. it as a fan fest. So There's room like, to improve. There's room
0: to improve.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like you know, you go to WrestleMania Access, you see like um, you see a lot of the. Um, you know, memorabilia and stuff like that. Like they have, they just have a couple of other things to do, like some photo op opportunities and things like that. Um, you know, just more of a fan interactive experience. And so, yeah, there's definitely room for improvement, but overall, you know, I can't really say anything bad about it. It, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely something to do, and it was, it was fun. I want to give a shout out uh,
0: real quick to Ace Field Retro Wrestling. Uh, they're a group of guys that ended up meeting over there. they also, uh, you know, they're content creators, podcasters. Uh, they follow the page, reinteract a lot. And they're actually from Long Island, too. Uh, one of the dudes is from Long Island. I got to chat it up with him for the first time. He gave me a stick. A really uh, great dude, so give him a follow. Another thing I noticed over the FanFest, I saw, besides my interactions with uh, Ruby Soho and then Athena, which... Uh, both are phenomenal uh, uh, in many different ways. Uh, they were just fucking great. So sweet, so humble, awesome. I was watching the interactions with talent, with fans um, during the meet and greets. So like low met Warlow. I- I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not gonna go into detail what happened there. It's her story to tell. So check out Russell wind down if you wanna listen to that. Um, also, Casey when she met the whole uh, House of Black, she did like a cosplay also with like the mask and shit and they popped huge for 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 her just get up and everything and i'll I'll just share this real quick so uh she took the picture and you know they just couldn't believe how great she looked you know like i said she's just such a great cosplayer so i guess casey had asked if she could take a regular picture just with her without the mask right and obviously they all said yes right and the guy, you know, if you notice, like, during the meet and greets, there was, like, a guy that was working there that would either, like, take the picture or just be there. Yep. So I guess the guy was like, no, you couldn't do it. And then Brody was like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay, right? So they take the picture. And while she's taking the picture, um, they catch, like, in, there, there was multiple pictures that was taken. Malachi's putting, like, this, like, the the kind of like the gimmick that she had on like kind of like the gown type gimmick like the she's he's putting it on her which was like really dope visually but what what stood out to me was after the pictures were taken when casey's like oh thank you so much or whatever she's walking away Brody just starts cutting the illish promo on this guy. Oh,
3: my God. Like He's
0: like, listen, man, I know you're trying to do your job, but, like, he just starts going in on this guy. And I'm like, good
1: for Brody King. Yeah, I love that, man. Dude, it was that's so the one thing dope. that sucks about the meet and greets. When it was you have, so like, the-
0: fucking dope. And in case he goes, like, oh, my God, like, like, I Like, obviously, I'm a big Malachi Black fan. Like, Brody King is, like, the least guy I know
1: out of the group. But yeah, thank yeah.
0: you, Mr. King, for, like, <laughs> like you know, coming to my rescue. Like, it was I so mean, for dope. real, dude.
1: Like, these these people are trying to ruin your meet-and-greet experience. Right. Like, And it's just like, listen, like, it's not that serious, man. Like, w- is it really going to take up that much time to take another picture? I mean, like, like let it go. Especially with the money we're fucking paying. Right, right. And if the talent's cool with it, I mean, let it go. I love that man. I love hearing things like that because like I said, it's just like you pay for these meet and greets and like you said it's a shit ton of money. You know, let people get a good experience for God's sake instead of being rushed, you know, through the whole entire thing. So, good on Brody King, man. Shout out to him. That's awesome. I also want to give another shout out to um
0: she's um she's like a designer. She does like so many different things uh Nicole Nekamura on Instagram. She's done like stickers and she did a couple of cosplays also um during all out um weekend she's a very sweet girl and she's very very talented so give her a shout out as well uh, give her a follow um so also i know there's like this notion and i haven't heard it as of late and leo knows exactly what i'm talking about when i say this yeah fuck those guys so i so i one day i would like to meet john moxley like that's something on my to-do list but when i was meeting ruby john moxley was right next to her so when I was in line, I really got to see all of John Moxley's interactions with some of these people. So prior to um, the him going when it was his turn to, you know, to do the meet and greets, I saw him walking. Let me tell you something. John Moxley never breaks gimmick. This guy was walking like he was about to fuck someone up. And the <laughs> funny thing about it is while he's walking, he's walking like, you know, with like his swagger and shit, like he's he's ready to go. You just see Renee and the baby just following him. It was oh, so yeah. fucking funny so hilarious but when it comes to john moxley and his interaction with the fans man i'm looking at this guy and i'm like kind of what kind of like what i said in the post about him how he's like the the perfect representation and ambassador for AEW because his interaction with these fans man not saying like i doubted it but like i have heard from different people like oh you know moxley's kind of dry he didn't really say much but Man, I was looking at, like, his interaction with the fans. And, like, man, they couldn't be any any greater. Like, I saw him having this conversation with this one girl. She might have been, like, a teenager or something. And maybe you got to see her, Ryan. She had, like, a, a knee brace on. I believe, like, she, like, did something in her knee. She had some type of injury. I see John Moxley talking to this girl about the knee. And I didn't hear, like, what they were talking about. But, like, the way, like, body language-wise... Like, he was kind of, it seemed to me, and I could be totally wrong here, but it seemed to me like he was kind of, like, telling her, like, hey, do this, do that, like, I'd been through something similar, like, whatever, and he kept on, like, pointing at the knee and just saying, like, you'll be fine or whatever, so, like, I see shit like that, and I'm like, man, that's, see, that's, like, that's the perfect representation of what, like, the face of a company should be, you know what I'm saying, so I do hope that one day I get to meet John Moxley, because he is one of my favorite wrestlers, and he's actually was one of my dad's favorite wrestlers as well and i don't know man maybe the people that just got to meet mox just caught him on a bad day or maybe they're just a little bit hmm. but man the interactions i saw with john moxley with fans they're they were great bro
1: yeah yeah i mean i've heard a couple of things um as well and i think he's even admitted before that he's just in general a very socially awkward person and sometimes he's he a, really he's, can't. A, he's a introvert yeah yeah and he can't help that um so yeah, I've heard some horror stories, but I think ever since he came to AEW and he started becoming happier with life and with his career and everything, I think he opened up a little bit more to fans and in and, and, and interviews and stuff like that, because he definitely seems a lot different um, than, you know, the because the, I, I know, uh, like, I think it was Royal Rumble 20, the last Royal Rumble that um when it was announced that his contract was expiring of WWE. 2019. Yeah, yeah, and, like, the people met him that weekend, actually. I don't know if the news had broke already or if the news broke after that, um, but I heard, like, horror stories throughout those meet and greets at that access sessions, uh, wherever that Royal Rumble was taking place. Um, I know a couple people online were like, oh, waste of money, John John Moxley, or Dean Ambrose was a horrible experience in that. Um, so, yeah, I guess they caught him at a bad time where he was just really just, like, his mood was just very, like, like he just hated his entire life and he took it oh, out on everybody right, else. Right. I don't know for sure. I'm just, I'm just speaking on what I'm, I've am i been observing um, because I did not get to see his interactions here, but based on everything you're telling me, um, it definitely seems like he's opened up a lot more. I met him uh, when we went to full gear in Baltimore a few years ago and I had a great experience with him too. I have nothing bad to say. I talked to him about new Japan at the time. Um, great conversation. And he was awesome. He really couldn't have been any cooler. So um, yeah, he's, He's the man. He's, in my opinion, the face of the company. Yep. Uh, we're going to get into 1,000%. this more and talk about it. But uh, he's he's the face of the company, man. Like I know he didn't he didn't start the company like the Bucks and Kenny, but he has been there since day one. He was at the very he's, first he's show. He a, showed he's up a double or nothing. AEW original, of Jace. Of course, he is. Yeah, hundred percent. So he's the face of the company. He's the man. He's somebody that a company should be leaning on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, 100%. he's he's awesome. He he's the absolute man.
0: So after the meet and greets. We uh we ended up leaving. The girls wanted to go to Target. I guess I guess they wanted to change or something, you know, from you know the gimmicks and the stuff that they were wearing. And after that, we ended up going to this Mexican restaurant, and I can't think of the name right now. But let me tell you something. When we got to this fucking place, they treated us like fucking gold. Like the food was great. the The drinks were amazing. Uh, our waiter, Jacob, he was the man. He ended up giving us free shots. They took pictures of us. Uh, we ended up getting like free pictures. Like, bro, they they put like fucking sombreros on us. Like, it was such a dope experience. Like, I haven't had like an experience like that. Probably like the last time, like I took like an actual like real vacation, like let's say like like in Puerto Rico or like somewhere in Mexico, like a legit vacation like that. Like, they treated us like gold. I can't think of the name of the restaurant right now. Um, but I will I will mention it next week. I'll find out what was the name of the restaurant. But the the restaurant was fucking amazing. We had a great time there. Afterwards, we went to GCW Art of War Games, and I thought the show was good. But I was telling the girls because some of them that was their first. Uh, I believe it was Casey. Casey, that was her first time attending like a uh, a GCW, uh, like uh, like a uh, an Art of War game show, like Deathmatch. like because like, mm-hmm. um, the night before we didn't really get Death Matches. Yeah. This one, we actually did. And I thought the show was good. I thought the scramble ladder match was good. I thought that was fun. Um, I thought Blake Christian and Alex Shelley was a really good match as well. But the actual War Games match, I knew that it was not going to live to last year. There, it was, it was going to be almost impossible to live up to that match because, one, you had a great story between Four Four O and Nick Gage back then, a year ago. Also... That match was just so incredible. It was going to be very, very hard to top. And they tried their best. Props and shout-outs to all the talents that were in the match. The match was really good, but it was not like last year's War Games.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, 100%. I agree. It was definitely crazy and chaotic and just out of control. Um, I I enjoyed it. But, yeah, last year definitely had a better storyline going into it. And it was the first one. So the first one, again, it's the first time... You know, the first movie, the first match, I mean, in a sequel, like anything, like the first match, usually it's it's hard to top that afterwards. So, um, yeah, I thought it was fun. But, yeah, I could definitely agree with that. Yeah. But the show, overall, the show was good. The Yeah, yeah, 100%. I thought it was good. It it was, was, I don't remember last year um, how many matches there were on the card last year. But this year's show was paced very well. I think there was maybe three or four matches before the main event. And um, it just, it was great. It didn't feel like I was sitting there all night um you know waiting for the main event you know of course they, they take um about like a half hour intermission to really set up the ring uh you know they gotta set up the cage and all, and all that stuff um so that takes time but yeah i thought the show was paced very well uh, we did get a fun um you know women's death match uh, between charlie oh, that and ma- yeah yeah that match was a who, who the other girl's name was um uh shit i can't think of her name right now uh
0: <laughs> She's, um, she's from, I think she's like from New Zealand or Australia. I
1: can't think of the mm-hmm. girl's name. Fuck. It'll, it'll, um, it'll, it'll hit me. It'll hit me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll it was, done. it was fun. It was very fun. It was good. Like a uh, nice co-main event type of match. Uh,
0: Charlie something. Charlie something. I can't, Charlie, Charlie Evans was the one. Charlie Evans. There you go. Charlie yeah, Evans. Who's the yeah. other one? And a Sawyer. Yeah. I, I don't know who I that, that
1: is. I can't think of with her. Um, but yeah, listen, it was, it was fun. It was really good. And, uh, you know. Yeah, it was it was chaotic and out of control. And I actually had uh, last year when I was at war games, I had um, a general mission standing room this year. I actually had row three. Um, so it was kind of like cool to be like kind of somewhat close to all that action when it's a little, little nerve wracking when the when glass starts flying out of control. But, uh, <laughs> bro, there's some there's, some there's some videos out there like
0: online where like some of those spots where like you see like lights who just get shadow or whatever. You know, the, some of those are like actually hitting like the, the like the phone. Like you see yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. glass coming to the phone.
1: Yeah, it's great. I mean, you see like the people like uh the cameramen and women um you know like right on the 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 apron there like right like kneeling right by it to try to get the, the camera angles and the shots and stuff like that. And uh man, like <laughs> once once glass gets like shattered, it's so funny watching them just like duck like b- below the apron. It's so funny.
0: So what I the 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 a couple of times that I'm like either very very close to, like front row for some of these matches, what I tend to do is like when I know the spot is coming, I just kind of put my head down and I just keep recording while the shit is happening because like I ain't trying to get like anything, you know, in my yeah, eye I mean, or anything like that. So yeah. like, that's what I normally do. I kind of just have the phone and then when the like shit, when something's happening, I just kind of put my head down. That's yeah. What I yeah. Do.
1: yeah, man. I mean, I and I don't know what those t- tubes are really made out of uh, those light tubes. I mean, obviously if they're, getting tossed over each other's heads. I mean, it's still pretty dangerous, but I'm not trying to get anything in my eye or get caught up just from being in attendance watching that let, stuff. Let,
0: I think it's very safe to say that whoever, shan- whoever sat in the front row
1: for Art of War Games probably has hepatitis, okay? Let's just <laughs> 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 yeah and, and and then those maniacs who are like those are like the diehard gcw like nerds like they're they probably love it <laughs> like, man they probably want all the blood ev- everything all over them those crazy cats that one okay. kid that one kid mittens my. Oh, oh my
0: god <laughs> don't even get me started bro yeah
3: all
0: right i'm telling you he walks around like he fucking owns the place <laughs> <laughs> all right um okay so all out day sunday uh I had to get ready man and this is time consuming because if you follow our social social media I've been putting out little teasers out there that some the little countdown that something was gonna happen and all out and what is that the return of me as penta I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna do penta again for full gear and I'm gonna I'm gonna put the question out there when I do it should I just be known as like Pentagon, Pentagon. guy like should I just be known as Pentagon guy? <laughs>
1: I mean, dude, I don't think anybody does better than you, man. That <laughs> shit looks so legit every single time. Stop, it's it's <laughs> incredible, man. You absolutely kill it. Knock it out of the park. It's awesome. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. Um, so
0: I had to like do my makeup and shit. And th- this time was a little bit different because I got a different mask. Um, it's the one that only has like one eye. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people were asking me, like, can you see through the other eye? And I'm like, yeah, because it's kind of like see-through fat. I think I asked you that, yeah. So you could see. So So I only had to to wear one contact, which is a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yeah, doing, like, the makeup. Let let me tell you something. I was telling this to the the girls, too. I was telling this to already and Teddy and pretty much all the girls I was with. Like, I do not envy women doing makeup. Because just me doing that makeup is so nerve-wracking. And it Mm -hmm. gives me so much anxiety, especially, like, Teddy had to help me with, like, like, my lips, because, like, Pentagon's lips with, like, the design he puts on these lines, they're so fucking tiny, and it's, like, it, it's it gives me anxiety fucking doing that shit. Like, what the fuck? So, yeah. listen, props to all the women that wear makeup, but I do not envy you guys, because Jesus Christ, it's it, it gives me fucking anxiety
1: yeah yeah i couldn't imagine that either every single day having to do that <laughs> oh my god so
0: so nuts but we uh so we ended up getting to the venue i want to say about like an hour and a half two hours a little bit early and we we did pre-game a little bit a little tailgate action nothing too too crazy because when the second we got there the, it was a fucking zoo it was a fucking zoo
1: yeah it was a shitty day too it was kind of just uh very gloomy and doom and yeah, I mean, the place obviously very packed out, too. And it's there's so many different parking lots. And uh, I tried to, you know, kind of meet up with you guys. I, I, but I, then I figured to myself, because, like, then the doors open. Everybody goes in. And then doors only open an hour before, um, you know, the pre-show goes on. Right. The air. and You know, not that I really cared too much about it. But I was like, you know what? This pre-show has some matches on it that, you know, it's not like it's, like, the, <laughs> going right before Rampage where you're watching dark matches. You know, it's pretty oh, decent. Oh, we got fucking Ishii and Eddie Kingston, bro. Right, right. Yeah, so I definitely wanted to make sure I got in there, you know, uh, I didn't know what the lines were going to be like, you know, go to the bathroom, get some food, drinks, whatever. Um, so I figured by the time I met up with you at the tailgate in the parking lot, we'd have to go in anyway. So it's like, yeah, you know, maybe I'll meet you guys in there. And I did run into we you. Did, we did, we did. So we did. We saw me. each other.
0: You guys fucking yeah. popped. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was,
1: yeah. Yeah, honestly, you can't miss you walking in there with
0: that. <laughs> I think I'm going to do it again for full gear, bro. I yeah, think I'm,
1: yeah. I'm going to do it. for the special time. occasions. You should. Yeah, I think I'm gonna do it. You don't movie. mind doing it, you know?
0: But uh and then that would be that would determine if I should just be known as Pentagon guy or not. But yeah. <laughs> um so we, we saw each other, you know, fucking great every time we see each other, especially at these shows or whatever. We took a picture and then we sat down for the show. Uh, you know, that like you said, the pre-show was was good for, for the most part. I thought Eddie Kingston and, and Ishii was great, man. They it was they yeah, give it they gave like they gave us, like, a New Japan-style match, bro. And I'm happy that even with, like, like the little issues that happened between Eddie and Sammy, you know, he picked up a big win. You know, yeah. beating Ishii is a big win.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Eddie needs some wins. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that match was so hard, so physical. So, I mean, just those chops, man. The match started off, like, 20 chops just back and forth, man. Oh, it was just so crazy. Good, His chest was, like, beat red by the time, you know, like uh, 30 seconds into the match. It was crazy. So good, so fucking good.
0: Also, already got to meet Eddie Kingston at the at the meet and greet. Which, listen, all her experience meeting these talents were, were just something in a good way. I'll, I'll let her tell her uh or share her story on on Rush Friends, but uh yeah, man. Um, so overall, the All Out show, I thought it was a really really good show. I don't think it was AEW's best pay per view. I don't think it'll crack top five of the year, maybe top 10, Mm -hmm. but I enjoyed the show for what it was. There were some questionable things there. um, And I think some had like some time, you know, time issues in some of the stuff. Injuries obviously played a factor, but like the big one for me, which I would have added five more minutes, at least was the opening match, the ladder match. I would have at least added five more minutes to that. Cause like, it felt like, when we ultimately got, like, the 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 kind of, like, the interference of Retribution 2.0, <laughs> right? And, um, you know, we got the reveal that was Stokely, and then we get this masked, um, you know, person coming out, and, you know, they hand them the chip, and then ultimately we know that was MJF late on in the night. It felt like prior to that, the match was really going, and it's like, mm-hmm. man, if you would have just gave us five more minutes at least, and then we would have gotten what we got I think it would have just came out better on TV, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah. I kind of felt that way about some of the matches, not just that one, but that was definitely one of them, too, where I felt like they could have benefited a little bit more from, you know, allowing some more time. Um, Yeah, I mean, listen, I think the the theme of these pay-per-views is just um, they're way too long. They are way too long. They have so many freaking matches. Some of them are so unnecessary to put on pay-per-view, and it takes away from other matches. So you got to cut some time from each match to allow, you know, time for everything um and it's just to me they have to figure it out Tony Khan needs to figure it out there's did not need to be 15 matches on there uh, including the pre-show I mean there was four matches in the pre-show so why don't you give us like a seven match regular pay-per-view or something like that it does not need to be like 12 matches 15 whatever it was it's just too long and now sitting there in the arena like I feel it a little bit, but it's it's just it's bearable when you're sitting there. You're like, okay, this is long, but like you know, I'm enjoying this. When you're watching from home, it's just completely brutal. And I know a lot of people had some complaints online. I saw some of my friends that were watching at home on pay per view said, "Man, this show is so long." And uh, you know, like I said, I kind of felt it, but not as much as people did. I didn't feel that home. at home.
0: I felt like the sh- like yes, there was a lot of matches, but I kind of felt like the pay per view just like like just flew for me. Maybe because. I really was enjoying being there and enjoying the show. Like I was taking yeah, really yeah. it all in. Maybe that's another reason why I thought like the, the paper you flew, but like comparing all out to me going to double or nothing in Vegas, I felt like double or nothing dragged. Oh god. Yeah, I exactly. enjoyed that show. I
1: yeah. felt like
0: double or nothing dragged. But yeah. All- Feel like it didn't drag for me, yeah, yeah.
1: No, 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 I, I agree. It did, it didn't drag, it definitely did not drag. But I think it was, uh, like right, I forgot what the match was right before. I know the co main event was House of Black versus Sting, Darby, and Miro, but I forgot what, what match was right before that. Whatever that was, I was like, okay, like main event, and then I forgot about you know the. That six-man, I'm like, oh, geez, another match before the main event. I'm like, and again, this is a match that's like, yeah, I'm, I, I like House of Black. I love seeing Dar- uh, Sting and Darby. Don't get me wrong. It's like, Jesus Christ, it could have been a Dynamite match, man. This could have been a Dynamite main event for next week or the week before. Like, this did not need to be on pay-per-view. And I was just like, oh, yeah, 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 another freaking match. Um, so I think I felt it there. But, yeah, yeah I and mean, the show was paced way better than Double or Nothing, that's for sure. But I still feel like they need to they need to cut back on some matches. They don't need... They didn't need the the six-man with FTR and Wardlow versus Motor City Machine Guns, and they did not need House of Black versus Sting, Darby, and Miro on this show. You cut those two matches, that would have been a little bit better. Even something like... Um, and not that I really necessarily cared too much about this, but Athena and Jade, uh, that match, I believe, I looked it up on Wikipedia to see the exact runtime. Five minutes? Four minutes. Four minutes. minutes. Yep. I mean, that's that's, to me... It's not like Jade Cargill's wrestling like uh, some just complete jobber, okay? Athena, you should build her to be one of the stars in the women's division. Yeah, the fact 100%. that Jade completely, I and mean, she got some offense in, but Jade completely, yeah, completely I mean, squashed should've, her. Should have won much longer. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. Like, you know, she put so much effort into her uh her gear, her ring entrance. I mean, both women yep. did. Jade, Jade looked like a million bucks. But <laughs> Athena, with the, the wings, whatever the <laughs> hell that was, coming out looking like a big freaking deal, Jade's biggest challenger to date and she beats her in 4 minutes. So I mean at this that point, match, kind of that match like... you could have you could have pulled a good 10 minute match between both Yeah. Ones. Absolutely 100%. I mean Listen, I know Jade's thing is like, oh, she's undefeated. You know, thirty-seven and zero, nobody can beat her. But but it's
0: Athena that we're talking about
1: here, right? Every single time, every single challenger should be getting one step closer to dethroning her. We ain't getting any of that. Jade Cargill doesn't look like she's gonna be beat at all. At this at this rate, give her the title for like two years, because unless you have somebody who looks like they're ready to beat her. Which, there's nobody on the roster right now. Just you kids, know, it's going to be race. a
0: horror story, but I'm going to tell you who's going to be Jay Cargo. It's going to be Britt Baker. Okay?
1: <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> I could definitely see it. Yeah, at this rate, I could definitely see it. AEW's Charlotte Flair. <sighs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, I would have liked that match specifically to get a little bit more time because I'm, I'm a big fan of Athena. I think she deserves more. Oh, time. she's
0: amazing. And she couldn't be a sweeter person in, uh, in person, so... Yeah, they, they could have definitely, gave, you know, I think we all knew that Jade Cargill was going to retain, but they, we right. could have gotten like a 10-minute match between both ladies.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, give, you know, make, make Athena look good and make it seem like, you know, there's a chance that Jade could lose the belt, you know? I I just, I didn't get that at all. Not one time throughout that match that I think Jade was losing. And again, four minutes, boom, done. Next, you know, it's just like stupid. It, it, it's point, It's like, why even put it on the pay-per-view if you're going to make it a four-minute match, you know?
0: I, I, I'm going to because I don't want to cover every single match. It's just kind yeah, yeah, of yeah. uh, bullet points, but uh just some quick things. So I know you mentioned like the six man between House of Black and mm-hmm. against uh Miro, Darby and Sting. Hindsight's 2020 now, right? So I'm kind of happy we did get that match, especially with everything that's been coming out with Malachi Black, that he's going through some things and he's probably going to take a he's he's got released, obviously, with some conditions and. And um, we're not necessarily sure what's going on with him. And he did take a bow after the match. So I'm kind of happy that we got to that he got to say goodbye, at least for now. So I'm kind of happy mm-hmm. we did get that match. The Fatal 4-Way for the interim AEW Women's Championship. Man, did that crowd wanted Jamie Hater to win. I kind of felt yeah. bad for Tony a little bit because this was like her moment. But man, that crowd wanted Jamie to win so fucking bad. And I can't
1: blame him. I can't blame him either. I was pretty surprised because I don't think, I mean, Jamie's great. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, I don't know if she, I don't think she's done that much to warrant a huge crowd reaction. So like, I was kind of surprised
0: at it. That's the thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It looks like we're going to get that finally now, um, which is great. Again, I want to see more women like that, like a Jamie hater, step up and absolutely kill it and be a prominent uh, face of the women's division. You know, of course you got the Tony storms you got the Britt Bakers, um and stuff like that, but I want to see some of these up and coming women like that, you know, the crowd I guess is familiar with, but like some of the crowd's probably not too familiar with, you know, somebody like Jamie Hater is a great example of that. God, she should be like one of the stars of this women's division, man. Yep. She's 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 great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. My favorite match on the card was the Trios final between the Dark Order and the Elite. I love this match so much. Ultimately we know what's coming, but just focusing on this match. I thought this match was incredible. And it, and then
1: I added this to one of the the matches I want to cover at the end of the year. I thought this match was fantastic. Yeah, dude, it was so good. The tournament finals couldn't have been any better. I was very down. I'm not really down, but I was like, eh, you know, like I could already say, you know, elite versus dark order with hangman. Okay. It's cool. But I feel like it would have been cool to have something like elite versus house of black in the finals (laughs) of the tournament or something like that. But, um, Hey, no complaints here. This match was freaking phenomenal. Um, Alex uh, Reynolds and John Silver. I already knew they were good because I, you know, they're my yep. local hometown Long Island boys. I've been yep. watching them for years. Yep. My goodness, to see them on a big stage like that on pay per view yep. wrestling, yep. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks absolutely showed up and showed out. It was great. The chemistry that they have with Hangman is fantastic. Oh, good. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, it was it was killer. It was awesome. The, the outcome wasn't surprising in in uh, the slightest, but what a great match. And at this point, this was the match of the night for me until. Uh, we got, you know, uh, the tag team title match. Later oh, now, which, that was probably my favorite match. Match is um,
0: incredible too, bro.
1: Yeah, there there was some good, really good wrestling on the show, no doubt.
0: Yeah, the Acclaim versus Swerve and Keith
1: Lee. Who would have ever thought Keith Lee getting booed? Have you, yeah. would have you,
0: ever, would have you ever thought
1: that? <laughs> no, I know. It's crazy. The crowd turned completely. Um, God, I mean, like. I knew that the acclaimed were over with this, you know, the scissor me daddy gimmick and everything like that. Like I knew they were over, but man, they like took that next step. They were like on a different level of over here in Chicago. And uh, man, so many people were behind them. And I knew that it wasn't going to bode well. Cause I, there was no point in this match. Actually, I shouldn't say that. There was a few times where I got worked uh, when I thought the ending was coming, I thought we yeah. were winning yeah, bro. and then, uh, but after like Leon sort of kicked out of those, I was like, okay, if they kick out of these two, that's it. Like, they're winning this match. And I knew that the crowd reaction was not going to be pretty after they retained. And it wasn't. There, there, there was raining boos, and rightfully so. Again, listen, people get shouldn't get too, like, worked up. Especially, and I don't think they do. But, like, Lee and Swerve, like, they should understand that, like, listen... We want the up and comers to win, like they showed up and showed out. Like you guys are already made stars. Like if we boo you, like don't take it serious. It's just because like we wanted to see a title change here. Right. You know, it's not like everybody hates you guys. You right. guys are just in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's
0: also, also, I think ultimately what we're going to get at Grand Slam, we're going to get the moment for the acclaim there. Yeah, then yeah. too because. Bowens is a Jersey guy, and I believe Max Caster is he's a the Long York Island guy. guy, yeah. Yeah, he's a New York guy too. So it kind of makes sense why, if we were to get the title change, we'll get it there. A la Thunder Rose and Brit. We didn't get the title change of revolution, but then we got it like a couple weeks later in Dynamite in Texas. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. I understand it from that aspect. Also, we gotta remember, too, the second we got the championship win from Swerve and Lee. It caught a lot of people by surprise, but that was more of a story of ultimately getting these two guys to go at it. Let's not forget that the, that the, the reason why they're a tag team and the reason why they became tag team champions is because they're further telling a story, the Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant story between the two.
1: Yeah. 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 That's a great comparison for sure. Yeah. I'm I'm just waiting for them to break up because again, I mean, they're, they're great as a tag team, but they're even better singles. And we've seen a little bit like, uh, you know, trouble in paradise, you know, with, uh, you know, the Battle Royals and things like that. Um, so, yeah, it's only a matter of time. I don't mind the rematch at Grand Slam. The only thing I hate about it is it seems very forced. If you've watched the media scrum, and I know a lot of people watch the media scrum, but, it,
0: you know, I'm not
1: even talking about the, the CM Punk stuff. I'm talking about, like, the Lee and Swerve stuff. Um, and I know they were working the whole entire time. But, like, it's just basically, like, the way Tony Khan was just like, oh, I think I think we need a rematch. It's like it was a clean finish. Like, you know, like, what warrants a rematch we, just because they were can over? Can we get, and like now, a
0: match? Can we get, like, a fatal four-way tag match to crown new number one contender? And then yeah. again? give me something. Don't tell me right away, hey,
1: we're going to get a rematch. It's just obvious now because we know they're going to win now. I would have liked, and I know it's hard to do an audible, okay? I understand it's hard. How, how could you call an audible mid-match? With the ref, you know, you got to relay that. I wouldn't want that either. It's very, it's very just like, uh, yeah, it's very like impossible and unrealistic to do. So I understand why they didn't do it at all out. I just feel like they should have anticipated the crowd reaction of what it was going to be. And maybe right before like day of Tony Khan goes, hey, listen, we're pulling the belts off you guys. I just have a feeling the crowd's going to be behind the claim. I know it's hard to tell, but like I just would have, that would have been a more organic feel of them winning the belts instead of now we're going to get this match again. And it's in their hometown of New York. And now it feels very forced. And not everybody knows the title change is coming. I don't know. To me, it just feels like, well, I'll be happy that it happens. I'm sure they're going to have another great match. I'm not sure it's going to live up to that match. But um, it just feels very forced, in my opinion. And, you know, it's like, why are they getting a rematch? I get that. Why? Why? Because the crowd was behind them? They're getting a rematch? Like, I don't, you know, it just, to me, it's just, they, Tony could have done something else to kind of get us to another match between these two, but. He should have never said anything. That's the that's okay, how. You I know. mean, that too. Yeah. That you too. know what? Have said it, yeah. If we follow the bouncing ball, Tony shouldn't
0: have said a lot of things. at that Right. Right. Okay? And we'll get to that in a bit. The main event. CM Punk versus John Moxley. I thought the match was really, really good. I thought yeah, the yeah. match was good. It was a great match. Great match. Uh, this is what I'm going to, this is what I'm going to say. And this is not a dig necessarily at Chicago. All right? Because I love Chicago, okay? Like, Chicago claimed me. I didn't claim Chicago. Remember that? Yeah, right. All right? But, man, I – and my Punk did get a mixed reaction, okay? And I get it. He's a Chicago guy, whatever. He did get a a, a little bit of a mixed reaction. But I still still feel like it was more vocal for Punk than it was to Mox. Like, Mox got more boos and cheers. He did get cheered. But there was more booze for Mox, oh, yeah. unlike Punk. Okay, but you still had a little bit of a mixed reaction for Punk. But what I find pretty funny is the 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 dynamite prior to All Out. You know, we got this segment between A Steel and CM Punk that was all pro Chicago and Chicago this and Chicago that. Meanwhile, your champion, the guy that's Mister Chicago, CM Punk. You know who didn't do meet and greets at the fan fest? CM Punk. You know who did? The world champion John Moxley. Okay? And for this guy saying Mr. Chicago, and we're gonna criticize a lot of CM Punk on this episode, yeah. but for the guy that's quote unquote Mr. Chicago, and you guys are cheering him like he's a fucking king. Like, where was this guy at the at the fan fest with his people? Where was he at? <laughs> you know who was there? John Moxley. You know, yeah, people. He's the man of the people. He's the people's champ, okay? He was there. And so I found that I kind of was just like rolling my eyes a little bit at the – at the, and I know there was a lot of people that flew out from different places, so maybe not necessarily like a Chicago thing. It's more like a CM Punk fan type yeah. of thing. I was kind of rolling my eyes a little bit at the people like, man, yeah, pro CM Punk, but man, yesterday he wasn't, he wasn't the man of Chicago. My man was probably at home with his dog, like just chilling.
1: Yeah. Hey, listen, I love CM Punk. And even after all this stuff, I still have love for CM Absolutely. Punk. Absolutely. But, um, you know, and I was wearing it, to, you know, it looks hypocritical because I was wearing a CM Punk shirt too, all out. But, you know, it was one of those things where it's then, like, yeah, it was one of the only then, shirts I've I had. And then so. After everything that came out, you're like, man, I want to burn this yeah, shit. Yeah, right. Now I want to burn it. But, uh... <laughs> yeah no, so I was wearing a CM Punk shirt, but I was rooting for John Moxley. I, I I really was, but I wasn't booing Punk. I was I was cheering Punk too, but like I also wasn't like man. There was some people behind me. Moxley sucks. Moxley sucks. I'm like Jesus Christ, man. Like I know they probably don't really mean that, but geez, to even say something like that is is just right. Like to me, like unfathomable. Like I mean, geez, like I I could never. First of all, I don't really chant things like that. Like oh, this guy sucks. This guy sucks. Like I you know if you want to do it, like oh you know if he's a heel and whatever, like that's different. But like dude. If there's anybody out there that actually thinks John Moxley sucks and he's not a good wrestler and he's not a good, like, again, Dude, man to represent a company, like, Jesus Christ, man, I would never... John ever, Moxley, ever, at ever this rate, that. I I think the
0: argument could be made that he's wrestler of the year.
1: Wrestler of the yo, he's like, he's been like the wrestler he's been like the face of, like, pro wrestling industry for the past few years, ever since he left WWE. It's not even like, yeah, for sure he's, I think he's wrestler of the year 100%, but man, he, ever since he left WWE, he's been just... One the guy. The, yeah, the guy in pro wrestling. He's, he said that in promos too. He is the guy in pro wrestling, not just in AEW. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, for sure. All right, bro.
0: So, we, Punk goes over. Okay. The crowd pops, rightfully so. I get it. You know, yeah. Chicago, Chicago Jace, And then the lights go out. Okay. And what we expected ended up happening. Okay. We see um, the, the guy, the figure that, that ended up getting the chip handed to him by Stokely Hathaway. And we get the revealed. We get the mask. We see that that you know, uh, full hog mohawk haircut. And then we get the, the 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 what you call it the the scarf. And it's MJF. He comes out to a monstrous pop. Okay, big pop, baby. To the point that CM Punk looked at the crowd confused. Yeah, yeah. And then that's how the show ends. I thought that he was going to cash in his chip right there and win the title. If he would have done that, let me tell you something. If he would have done that, even if we would have gotten what we would have had gotten in the press scrum, at least the world title situation would have
1: been safe. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, dude, 100%. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, the way they did this MJF return, from the, you hear the voice recording of Tony Khan making oh. MJF to come back. I thought that was freaking awesome. To cutting to CM Punk's promo about uh, talking about the devil, devil. from yep. back his Ring of Honor days. Yep. To seeing the reveal of MJF to, you know. The scarf. Even though, to see yeah, the scarf the Burberry put scarf. on him. That visual alone, people were losing their minds. Uh, it was it an was, it was insane reaction when he comes out. And then they stare each other down That's the pay-per-view goes off the air. I would have liked him to cash in that chip right then and there, too. I thought that's what was going to happen. I thought he was going to come in from behind a attack CM Punk. That's what I thought, too. Um, I didn't even know if he was going to necessarily um, cash in the chip, but I thought he was going to beat Punk down and hold the title over his head to get booze. No, maybe that crowd would have popped, bro. I thought it was <laughs> going to be popped. booze. Yeah, if I MJ
0: thought. Listen, if MJ would have cashed a chip and
1: beat Punk at, at the pay-per-view at All Out, I think the crowd would have popped. I would have, like, I don't, I, I can't say that for sure, just because of how people were behind CM Punk, but man, I would love to, I would have loved for that to happen, just to see what the crowd reaction would have been like, because I think a lot of people would have been mixed, like, not knowing whether to cheer or boo, because, it's like, geez, we got just got this awesome moment for everybody that CM Punk won the title in his hometown of Chicago, everybody's going nuts, and then you have MGF coming out, now he's the world champion, it's just kind of like, well shit you were just going ape shit for your boy CM Punk a couple of minutes ago and now you're going crazy but for I mean, MJF it's it's fan fans you really they, want to be the champ
0: but wrestling fans is they intend to do shit.
1: they're very fickle yeah they're yeah. very fickle <laughs> so yeah but I mean listen it was an awesome moment great way to end the show I mean I was walking out of there there's nothing better than walking out of a kick-ass pro wrestling show on a high and that's I was definitely walking out on a high because I was like well this was before I knew what was going on at the scrum. Oh. Walking out <laughs> on just like a crazy just MJF is back the way they did everything was so perfect the show was great uh um, and, now, and you know, once MJF comes back, you know he's winning the title. You know, right. whenever, even if the scrum sh- shit didn't happen, if CM Punk was still around, he didn't get injured, blah, blah, blah. MJF is beating CM Punk, whether it's, it was would have been at Grand Slam or Full Gear. CM Punk is not having a long reign with this, even though he won it back.
0: Alright, we spent the first half of the show pretty much talking about our great Chicago experience, Okay. The pay-per-view is great. Art of War Games is great. Hanging out with our friends in Chicago is great. Now let's talk let's about see a punk the whole weekend. <laughs> now let's talk about how everything has gone to shit. Oh man! You know, let's let's just let's just get into like Punk's comments, bro. And you know, Punk, this 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 tirade that Punk went on. This is planned. This is planned. He, he oh, was planned. Oh yeah, 100% he was going planned. in there knowing exactly what he was going to do by calling out Nick Hausman from Wrestling Inc. by saying if he, he questioning him if he's done improv with Colcabana if he's friends with Colcabana, pretty much just belittling Colcabana and the rest. Uh, he belittled Colcabana, talked so much garbage about Colcabana. Meanwhile. Nobody questioned him about Coca Cabana and the scrum before he just went on this tirade. He disrespected the EVPs, the elite, Kenny Omega and the Bucks. He disrespected Hangman Page. He disrespected Tony Khan. He disrespected AEW. He yep. made himself bigger than what AEW is. It's like he doesn't want to be there. It's like he has no respect for anyone and it's, it was totally unprofessional. It was unnecessary. He kind of seemed del- delusional on there, drinking and eating his muffin, and it, 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 you know, it seemed like someone. I know he's straight edge, but it seems like someone that's on drugs. The way he was acting. Yeah. Like he yeah. hit he hit ultimate ultimate warrior levels of a diva, and that press scrum, and Tony was sitting there, the boss of the company allowing all of this to
1: happen. It's big, that's, it, that's a huge part of the problem as well.
0: Tony, and, and listen, I, I i went on record I, in, in post this week on saying Tony needs to stop being a front to these talent, talents, yeah. and start being a boss. Okay. And man, what the fuck, bro? I, I felt bad for Colt Cabana because he keeps getting dragged. And meanwhile, Colt doesn't say anything. Yeah. He got demoted to ring of honor. It's just, I, I felt so bad for Colt. I, If this um, and we're gonna break this, we're gonna break all this down. But I really hope coming out of this, Colt Cabana just gets more loved by the people, and maybe when the time is right, he gets brought back to AEW. That's what I would hope could happen for Colt, because I just feel bad. I feel bad for the guy, like Punk, like narcissistically, like saying to you know about Colt, like oh, he shares a bank account with his mom. Like you don't like. We don't know his personal life. We don't know what's going on with Colt's mom. Maybe there's a reason behind why they share a bank account. Like, as we get older, we don't take care of our parents. What the fuck? Like, it, it's so... It was so... It was... You really got to see... And I, like I said, I still have a lot of love for Punk, for his contributions for wrestling. But you really got to see, like, the shithead of a person. And... It was it got me angry. It I got me it got me very disappointed. And I quote too, and I quote something that CM Punk said if you have a problem with me, come see me and let's go. Okay, so for all you CM Punk defenders, he said that. To me, that means that's an open invitation. And <laughs> open I'm not invitation saying, for fight night in the locker right, room. <laughs> so, and I'm not saying that the elite was right for doing what they did, right? Because they are EVPs, but like, yo, you run your mouth. You talk all this shit in front of the world. What do you think is gonna happen? I don't know if Leo Leo's still Leo's still on here, but let me ask you both a I'm question. Here. Let me ask you both a question. Before what we got this weekend, have we ever heard a negative story from the elite, the Bucks and Kenny Omega likes? Have we ever heard of like of uh, characteristics of them being violent or of them starting problems ever? From no. the dirt sheets? I and listen, let me also point point this out too. We don't know everything that goes on behind the scenes in AEW. We only go by what's reported and what the towns speak of. But have we ever heard a negative story besides them, quote, unquote, not seeing uh with Cody Rhodes? Have we ever heard a negative story about Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks? Ever? Nope. No, right? Now, no, not at all. With CM Punk, regardless whether he's been right or wrong in the past, controversy and issues always follow CM Punk, unfortunately. That, to me, tells me who your problem is. And I know a lot of people came out of the woodwork saying, like, oh, they all should get fired, blah, blah, blah. Like, first of all, Tony's doing the right thing by doing an investigation. And as much as it pains me that the the trio's titles got stripped from the elite, I get why he did it from a business standpoint. Finally, Tony put his foot down. But I don't, I I just, I don't know how anyone could look at the elite and look at them wrong. You could probably criticize them till bits bit saying like, hey, for EVPs that unprofessional. But listen, CM Punk is making his open invitation and you're talking all this smack. Of course, I'm going to question you. A lot of people are saying like, oh, they should all get fired. Really? Do we forget that the elite are the reasons why AEW even exists? Yeah, Tony put the money in. But it was guys of like the Young Bucks, Cody, Kenny Omega, Heyman to a degree, and Chris Jericho. If it wasn't for those key players that I just named, All Elite Wrestling wouldn't be All Elite Wrestling. People yeah. tend to forget that. And let me tell you something. If this ends up going sour, and we're going to get more into it, but if the Elite decides to either leave or they get fired, I'm telling you, this, is, this will hurt AEW tremendously. I hope that the issues get resolved between AEW and Elite after this investigation is over. Whatever, however, that's going to continue. However, that's going to work. Uh, when it comes to the Punk, Punk side of things, in a perfect world, because as a wrestling fan, it, it's very disappointing and sad that this all happened. Okay, but part of me feels like Punk will do right and make amends with everyone. I don't see that happening though. But at this point, Punk is gone. He's gonna be out for surgery, and you know what? Clearly, he's a toxin in AEW, and I think um, I think the man needs to go. I think AEW needs to bite the bullet and just kind of let him sit out for the rest of his contract. If he does, if he's not willing to do business the right way, and then that's it, man. I think that's where you go. I don't know. I, it's just it's fucked up, bro. This whole situation is just so fucked up. And then Tony. Tony, to ma- make matters worse, right, you if you're, if you got to read the climate in your locker room, okay? Something like this was bound to happen. Yeah. And you allow CM Punk to do all this, Tony get, gets part of the blame too. Listen, when it comes to congratulations, you played yourself a 2022, there's three names that are in the running right now. Vince McMahon, CM Punk, and Tony Khan. It's going to be very tough. <laughs> it's going to be very, very tough. Those are the <laughs> Neck three- and neck race. Those are the three, okay? Tony, and we talked about this on the last episode. I think it's very clear that Tony's feeling the pressure about WWE with with some of the comments he made in the scrum. Listen, if you get that bent out of shape because NXT's running in the afternoon and fucking WWE's running a show in the UK the the day before all out. If you get bent out of shape because of that.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. Bro, I
0: listen. Listen. What's gonna happen in the future, bro? So it's all around. This is just a mess, man. And we're we're gonna get more into it. And Brian, I want to get your thoughts too. But one last thing: Tony got booed on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. He got booed, rightfully so. This is on yeah. Tony. While well, yeah. we could put the blame on the on Punk and just the, the whole A Steel shenanigans. And I know there's like a a small portion of the wrestling uh, bubble that, that puts the blame on Elite, I think we got to put
1: the full blame on Tony Khan for not reading the room. Yeah, because this is something that's been built up for a while now, and it all came to a head this weekend. This is, this is not the first time we've heard about locker room issues. I mean, this has been going on for a few weeks now where, like, people in the locker room aren't getting along and things like that, and they're having talent meetings and vice versa. Um, yeah, listen, I... So on the way out of all out, it was in my buddy's car We're you know, uh, we're driving out and I my phone's like blowing up in my group chats of like, yo, like this scrum is nuts. Punk shitting all over cabana. He's dropping 100 F-bombs or whatever. I'm like, oh, boy. So I tune in and, uh, you know, I actually started from the beginning and I'm just like, oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, shit. Oh, God. (laughs) Because every single (laughs) I couldn't believe it. Oh, my car accident. Yeah, I'm like, I couldn't even believe, at first I'm like, is this a work, or is this a shoot? And I'm like, nah, no, nah, no, nah, it's gotta be a shoot. Now listen, the Colt Cabana stuff, to a point, I understand maybe why, and again, I know nobody even brought this up, but I understand if he really had nothing to do with getting Colt Cabana fired, not fired, but demoted, I can understand why he'd be pissed off that that got leaked. And now everybody thinks that's the case when it really wasn't the case. I hate false information and bullshit like that. I can understand why they would piss somebody off because it's like, shit, all these people think this, and this is not how this actually went down. Right. So I can understand why he would think he would want to address that issue that, listen, I did not get this guy fired. But, you know, going off on Cabana, you know, I've been friends with him forever. I don't think ne- necessarily that was terrible. Yeah, okay, sharing a bank account with his mother when he's just completely burying this guy he, for he, things he'd, he'd he didn't. he be a little cold, bro. Right, right. I think if he stopped right after, like, shitting on Cole Cabana, it didn't go ahead and shit on Hangman Page and shit on the EVPs publicly like that. It still would have been bad. But I don't know if this whole fight would have went down backstage. I think if he would have stopped after, after he shit on Cabana's life and then he moved on to the press conference, I don't think it would have been as bad. I, you the- know what? I think...
0: Hypothetically, let's say Punk wasn't hurt, okay? He shits on Cole Cabana the way he did and it stopped there. Yeah, I still see him getting booed on Wednesday night.
1: Yeah, 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 for sure. But I, but do you do you think this whole backstage altercation would have happened? No, maybe, no. maybe the elite would have been upset and they would have been like, like you know, going for, uh, you know, because that Colton Command is their very good friend. So, but I don't think they would have had a reason to go in there and fight CM Punk. Okay, it was People because. Yeah. Do you know how
0: crazy that sounds?
1: Yeah, yeah. Listen, we'll, I... get, well, yeah, we'll oh. get into the the fight itself. Oh. But if he would have stopped right there, I think. You know, listen, while it was still bad, I don't think we'd be talking about it like we are right now. But the fact that he goes in on Hangman Adam Page, empty-headed, fucking dumb fuck, like Hangman Adam Page. I was like, holy shit, like, what the hell, man? Like, listen, like, I understand why you're mad that he went into business for himself. I get that. I understand why. Because, listen, CM Punk wanted these issues with Cabana and all this stuff and this lawsuit to be done. That's it. Done. Gone. Never brought up again. It was so long ago already at this point, he's moved on. And the fact that Hangman Adam Page had brought up those issues again out of nowhere, I understand why that pissed off CM Punk. I really, really do. But he gave Hangman his receipt on live television by calling out this guy, knowing he wasn't going to come out, and then calling him a coward, basically burying the shit out of him. You got back at him. That's it. It's over. You're even now. No, the fact that he just went all in on him, and then, he, and then he talked about how Hangman doesn't want to take advice. When you go back and you listen to that quote, and I forget what article it was or what interview it was, where Hangman Page said he doesn't really like taking advice, it was not the way CM Punk, I guess, portrayed it to be. Hangman Page did not flat out say, fuck everybody, I'm not listening to anybody, I'm doing things my way, I don't listen to advice. He did not say that at all. He said he would listen... And he would take some pointers. It was something along the lines of that. But, like, I ultimately want to fix the mistakes on my own. I don't like to listen. It was something that was completely fine. I just think CM Punk had so much built-up ammunition that he was just going to unload on Hangman with whatever he did. Dude, if this guy fucking farted in the locker room or burped in the locker room the wrong way, he was going to bring that up. He, he was just going to go in on this guy for anything and everything. Then he starts talking about the EVPs, how they couldn't manage a target. How these stupid hey, guys listen, let me tell you Reseda. something. I've like, worked at a Target.
0: Yeah. I've worked at a Target before, and managing
1: a Target is not easy. Dude, it, it's it's unfreaking believable how he just went on everybody. And I'm just like, dude, does he realize that these guys are all backstage? He just didn't seem to care. And the fight that, sh- that happened should not have surprised anybody, including CM Punk. Because, listen... When you go off on something like that, I mean, people back there have a right to be pissed off, especially because it's the guys who started this fucking company that you're in right now. And the only reason you're here is because of these guys. Okay, yeah, you're here because Tony Khan paid you a good amount of money to come back, but if it wasn't for the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Adam Page for that matter, All Elite Wrestling wouldn't exist in the first place because Tony was not starting this company without any of those guys. So the fact that you're going off on them very uncalled for, very unprofessional. He could have just taken them up with them backstage, talked to them, because like like he said to himself, if you have a problem with me, talk, take it up with me, talk to me. Well, then why didn't you go and talk to them about it backstage? Why did you have to publicly raid, you know, the, air their dirty laundry all over a press conference, taking away from the entire pay-per-view where these hard-working men and women busted their ass for four fucking hours on pay-per-view? It was all gone. It was all done. Nobody was talking about that. Everybody was talking about CM Punk. He made it about himself and only himself. And Tony Khan just sat there and he took the whole thing. nodding his head, you know, doing. His there was fucking, a couple of things you know, that facial Punk, expressions. There was a
0: couple of things that Punk mentioned in in his tirade. That you could tell Tony Khan was like, like he was just like he was just yeah. like you could tell he was like like he was just kind of like, ugh, like he like Tony came out of there too. Like, did I, did I, get it in a I not even being a man, but like, he came out of there
1: looking like, like a smuck. Yeah, and he also he just he he could have cu- he did he did butt in and say, uh, you know, like um, I like I I should have just uh. And punk cut him off. Yeah, but he literally he should have said, "Why didn't you? Why didn't you stop? Why didn't you stop when he started talking about Heyman and the EVPs? Why didn't you stop him right there? That's enough. That's enough." What was Punk gonna do? And if Punk gave him issues, Tony Khan fucking should put his foot down. And be like, listen, no, like cut this off. Like I'm here, I'm in control. Yeah, that's it, done and over with. Yeah, yeah. I, listen, the whole thing was a giant mess, and Tony Khan's to blame for all this getting out of hand like this. Um, I mean, my goodness, like just a complete. Ryan, you look like you're getting show. a headache over there. <laughs> I yeah, because it's just it, it literally like this it's guy, is bro. Ruining the whole entire company that we we love. I mean, I just want like the whole notion of AEW being like this great backstage environment and atmosphere. It's got a dream now. I want, I want
0: I want people to um hindsight's twenty twenty. Right, so you remember Cody Rhodes' his last promo before that Sammy Guevara ladder match. Where he came out and he was talking about like the revolution and yeah. he mentioned I want I want people to go back and watch that promo. Now that promo hits differently, especially all the stuff that we know now that's that's happening right now in AEW. I definitely recommend people to go back and watch that promo. Um, so we get this backstage altercation. I think Fightful first reported and then the Observer confirmed, and now we're getting all these mixed reports. So let's just go let's just go by what we know. Okay, so apparently the elite. Bucks and Kenny Omega did not like what was happening. The Bucks went went in there to try to confront. Went into uh, Punk's locker room to try to confront him. The door wasn't. The door was locked. They were banging on the door. I guess they wanted a super kick party at the door. They finally somehow get in. Punk allegedly throws the first swing at Matt Jackson. The dog, Larry the dog, was going buck wild. Which Ace Steele's wife was like taking care of the dog. And apparently A. Steel's wife was um, has like an injured foot or injured leg or something. A. Steele ends up throwing a chair at Nick Jackson that catches him in the eye. Kenny Omega then gets involved. Kenny Omega apparently gets his hair pulled and bitten by not the dog, but by A. Steel. <laughs> and then Brandon Cutler, Christopher Daniels, Pat Buck. Am I forgetting some names there? Michael Nakazawa. Michael Nakazawa. Is there somebody else I'm forgetting? It sounds like everybody. They were all involved in this mailer. Um. Apparently, MJF and what's the, the other um executive in AW? Um. She starts with an M. Is it Mar Mar Mar? Uh, the legal
1: woman. Yeah. Yeah. Mega. Mega. mega.
0: Yeah. Apparently, they saw the whole thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Apparently, there's other people that saw the whole thing. And now there's a private investigation happening uh, with everything that's coming, you know, out with all this. What a fucking mess, bro. And I get the people that are saying the Bucks and the Kenny Omega shouldn't have done this. But like, and I'm going to say it again. And I quote, if you have a problem with me, come see me and let's fucking go. You are pretty much, that's an open invitation to see what's up. I'm not saying necessarily it has to fight, it has to happen. But, like, you're opening the doors for a confrontation to happen. And a lot of people, too, are talking out their ass when it's like, hey, you shouldn't have had be Listen, when someone's verbally, like, disrespecting you or whatever, and apparently Punk is throwing the first one, come on, what
1: do you think's going to fucking happen? Of right, course... Right, he, he had to know this was going to go down backstage. Something. Now, maybe not something like this, but something was going to go down based on his comments. I mean, you think nobody was going to approach him after this? I mean, God, everybody's sitting back there. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, I mean, dude, everything that happened, I woke up Monday morning to, like, the news about CM Punk and Young Bucks' altercation, and then news started to come out slowly throughout the day on Monday of what really went down with the the chair being thrown and the the bite and all that stuff. Uh, I mean, my God, every single time, um, you know, Sean Ross Sapp had an update, Jesus Christ, it was like, it was just... Every single time, like it was worse. Like every, like this whole week, this whole week,
0: almost every post I did on Lucha Outsiders was AEW related. This morning was the yeah. first time I posted something that was WWE related. Not because, not because it's not like a, a, a tribalism or favoritism thing. It's just the the news world was surrounded with AEW and everything that that happened because of this fight. And it's unfortunate because one MJF just returned. The title's now vacant. The Trios titles, the first crown Trios champions, now they're vacant too. Like, yeah, yeah. it's And you know what bothers me too? And this just goes back to like the tribalism of wrestling culture and the wrestling community. The amount of people, some of the people that I actually like follow and that, that are good people in this wrestling bubble, the amount of people that are instantly just writing AEW off. Are just shitting on AEW that are happy that this is happening that are rooting for them to fail, like wow, bro. Like, listen, and whoever gets offended gets offended when I say this. But like, if you have that mindset, you're a piece of shit fan. Like, why would you want this to happen? Like, and and meanwhile, some of these people that have this like that that have this mindset were on AEW's jockstrap a couple months ago, like what we're getting right now with AEW, sooner or later was bound to happen i think people tend to forget history like all the problems that's happened in the past and all these different organizations like wwe hasn't had their share of problems like do you right. remember how down the morale was after the Royal rumble this year alone just this yeah. year alone okay like listen wwe's putting out some of their best product right now and that's great and we're happy for them but like the times on this show at least i'm not gonna speak for everyone else but like the times on this show that we've been down on aew and we've been critiquing a i mean critiquing wwe and down on wwe we never wanted them to fail we've always been rooting them to for their product to get better and even with the shenanigans that are happening with aew it's not like the aew product is bad yeah they have some questionable stuff going on on tv or whatever but And, of course, they always have room to get better. But it's not like AEW is unwatchable. They're just going through a dark patch right now. And if you have this mindset that you just want to see them fail or you're already writing them off like you want the death of this company, you're a piece of shit fan. And whoever gets offended gets offended. I don't give a shit.
1: Yeah, well, there's always going to be people. There's always going to be haters. There's always going to be the loyal WWE fans that, you know, hate everything else. It's not WWE and, and just will root for anything to fail and any, any like, negative... Uh, you know, headlines or whatever from these other companies, they're going to love and celebrate uh, you know, like it's the death of, of the company and uh, yeah, I mean, listen, WWE's had backstage fights too, I mean, I remember Chris yeah. Jericho and Brock Lesnar, remember that one? That's like the one of the most recent ones, I guess, from a few remember years ago. Remember back in the early 2000s, Ric Flair and Eric Bischoff? <laughs> right, we were going way back, yeah, I mean dude, listen, and it, this is what, another thing Tony Khan said, like in the um, in the uh, Scrum too. after everybody left he said, you know, like, there's no secret that a lot of pro wrestlers don't like each other. He says, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. And, yeah, I mean, listen, you're advertising wrestling matches, so if you have two guys who don't like each other and you know they don't like each other backstage, well, that makes the match on screen that much more interesting, right? I mean, because you know that the there's real beef between these guys. Uh, with that being said... That's it, no it, excuse for what we got. It's <laughs> no excuse, right? right, but I'm just saying, like, there's people that don't like each other in every single wrestling company. They're it, it's just going to happen. It's bound to happen. Not everybody's going to love each other in this industry, and that's okay. Uh, of course, every company has backstage issues. You know, like I'm sure, like you know, Impact's had their fair share of issues. I think the biggest thing is that a lot of these issues aren't—they don't come out. As much as this has, maybe you know, like a lot of the stuff just stays behind the scenes and you don't hear too much about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes in a lot of different companies, and I think with this happening, this locker room can only get you know better from here. It only it could only get things yes. can't get much worse. Yep. You got yep. great people in the locker room, like a Chris Jericho. You got Brian Danielson, John Moxley, John Moxley, even. Um, I read somebody like Tony Schiavone, uh, Tony Khan's leaning on him because he's been around the business. Listen, you got you got so many vets. You got William Regal too, who I like literally have not heard of anything about, but God, that should be an authority figure right there to step in and, and stop his chaos too. I mean, he's oh, wait, a listen,
0: let me try, yo, William Regal and Leo will laugh at this. William Regal will have no pro- problem giving fout fouth to people. Like he'll yeah, have yeah. no problem like, you know, being
1: like the father figure and putting people on timeout. He should. That's why he's there, right? That's why Tony Khan should be the only guy back there. There's a ton of veterans in this business that are back there. You got the D Malinkos, too. You got, you got all these guys back there that are like vets. Jerry Lynn. Like, I don't know how this got out of hand like this, but... Listen, I think you can only get better from here. They got good people back there. AEW will be just fine, as we saw on Wednesday's Dynamite. The show was great. They worked through these issues the best the way they could. I'm sure Tony Khan didn't want to have to strip all these champions of their belts, but he made the right decision. You have to strip everybody. Yep. You know, There's no, like, oh, well, CM Punk started it, so the Elite should be fine. No, 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 no. They're all involved in a backstage altercation. Yep. Everybody should be suspended. Everybody should be... Uh, stripped uh, of the belts, Everybody should be off TV for a little while. We'll see. I know CM Punk's going to be gone for a while, um, and we'll see what happens after that, because even if he comes back, I think a lot of people are just fed up with him in the locker room. Yeah. I know you had a bunch of wrestlers tweeting. You know, Matt Hardy was tweeting pictures of himself with the Elite after after all this. Yeah, Frankie Kazarian tweeting something like, uh, you know, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do was to keep my mouth shut, but it's also been the most rewarding. You had Miro, you know, quote-tweeting things. Um a lot of people don't like Punk back there. It's it's no secret. And I think he comes back and he's back in that locker room like nothing happened. Uh, it's just not going to bode well. And I feel like we'd pick up right where we left off whenever he comes back eight months from now. So there's going to need to be a decision there. CM Punk's got to make a lot of amends, which I don't even know if that's possible at this point. Um, but we'll see what happens. But I think them being off TV right now and just moving forward with business is the, the right thing to do. And hopefully, you know. Things smooth themselves out after a while. And we don't get any of this negative, you know, stories from backstage.
0: I do want to mention uh, 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 some of the things that we saw on Dynamite. But going back to what you said, I feel like now with everything that transpired, I think we're going to get a little bit more unity in the locker room. Yep. I think now the storm is gone. And with guys like a Chris Jericho, which, you know, I know a lot of people have their opinions about Chris Jericho, but look at how much of a professional – Chris Jericho yeah. is media scrum. Knowing everything that transpired and what happened, what punks st- the tirade, you see Chris Jericho sit down with Tony and just the way he handles himself, the way he talks to the media, he breaks character but then he also sprinkles some other
1: stuff in there in character. That's a professional right there. Okay? Yeah. yeah. He wasn't for- supposed to be a part of that media scrum. You could tell. Yeah. Very obvious he wasn't supposed to be there. And, you know, Tony's texting him and everything. Yep, he comes in, yeah, like you said, knowing everything that just went down. Um, and even afterwards, he's whispering to Tony. I think he said, like, some shit went down or something like that. And, like, listen, a pro is pro right there, man. That's a pro right there. So guys like
0: Chris Jericho, guys like Brian Danielson, and guys like John Moxley, and I'm going to get to Jon in, in, a, in a bit, those three guys right there I think will be perfect and great leaders for everyone backstage and will bring the morale back up. And I'm not saying the elite weren't doing that. But, unfortunately, because of this situation, the elite, you know, they're casualties in this. You know, obviously they got their title strip. We don't know what's going to end up happening with their EVP status or whatever. But, like, th- there's this notion, and I don't know if you got to see this online, and it's it's from a, a small portion of, of the wrestling audience. There's this notion that, like, the elite have egos. I don't see it. I'm not saying that they don't have that. But mm-hmm. I've never heard a story like that. Everyone that talks about the elite, about Kenny Omega and the Bucks they always talk about how great they are to work with and how they're always helping other people. So like I don't I don't understand that notion. And then it's like look at look at even how they're portrayed on TV. Like they're not always winning matches. Like <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no. Listen, so I don't I mean, I really don't understand that notion at all. But now that this all transpired or whatever and then after what we saw on Dynamite. Dynamite was a great show, man. I think the whole MJF and John Moxley, besides the, the Tony Khan stuff where he gets on TV and they just boo the hell out of him. But, yeah. man, what a great way to start the show with MJF and John Moxley doing damage control. Not the not the Bailey stable on, on WWE TV, but just doing damage control with everything. Listen, we got MJF coming out to a, a monstrous pop and we just got a little bit of a tease on how big of a baby face he get, could be. We get John Moxley come out confronting him. He gets a mixed reaction too. They 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 go back and forth with each other. MJF turns on the crowd. He shits on Buffalo. We get this face off. MJF, you know, retreats like a cowardly heel. And then John Moxley cuts one of the best promos of his career. He puts over the company. He puts over the audience. He puts over the world title. He puts over the people that are in this Champions of Champions tournament. What a what a guy, bro. What a locker room leader. And if you didn't if you're a part of the AEW talent watching that promo, I would assume that people that were backstage were just gathered behind the monitors just listening to yeah. the promo. I would assume if that didn't give you motivation and that didn't give you made you feel good inside, then I don't know what will cuz John Moxley just put every single person that's either works for AEW or that's involved in AEW or that watches AEW over in in a tremendous way, bro. It was very moving.
1: Very. Yeah. Yeah, it was tremendous. It was awesome. It was a great way to kick off the show. And yeah, it's like even, you know, not even just for the locker room, but as fans, it's like, okay, AE- it. AE- AEW will be okay. You know, like anybody who's worried about the future of the company, like, we got our guy. Like he's—he was supposed to be on vacation, and here he is now carrying the. What company a great guy! Again. what a great guy! <laughs> again, yeah. I mean, like, like him and Jericho were not supposed to be at TV, and they flew him in last minute um, because of all the issues, obviously, with all the amount of people that are going to be out suspended now. So, it looks like uh, MJF and John Moxley probably will be the match at Full Gear for um, you know for the world title, which will be great. Well, actually, Mox will probably win it at. Grand Slam, but then, you know, he'll have to defend against MJF, I would think, um, you know, at full gear, which I think would be outstanding. I think, yep. you know, yep. uh, if Mox... No, if MJF, excuse me, can't beat CM Punk for the title, I think John Moxley is the next Absolutely. best guy. 1,000%. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, listen, the whole start the whole opening was just fantastic i was yep. waiting for that mgf turn because yeah. i was like this is still going to be true and uh he just shows how good of a performer he is where he can just flip the switch like that he could be a tremendous baby face and then he could be obviously the best heel in the business so uh yeah tremendous way to start the show and uh you know again for as much flack as we gave tony khan I he did the right thing here too by stripping everybody of the belts and i think he went about everything the right way the tournament which will culminate grand slam which will be awesome and then um you know the the trio's titles being like thrown right on the um, death triangle in the opening bout too yeah. i thought everything was just fine like business was just handled yeah. very you know in short order which was good
0: i also want to throw in there you know when cody left when cody left uh, AEW. A lot of people was already ruling and back then people were like saying like, Oh man, Cody leaving, man, this, this is not good, blah 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 for AEW. And it was business as usual on TV at least, right? Like the T V product didn't get any less better. I think I think the T V product in AEW started getting a little bit questionable, and not necessarily bad. It was just more questionable. I feel like after Double or Nothing. Yeah. I think that's at least for me, I think that's where we started seeing, like, what's going on here with some of the stories they started telling, right? You started getting
2: mm-hmm. some cracks in the foundation.
0: Yes. Yep. But, listen, based on what we got on Dynamite this past week, AEW's just going to be... They're going to be fine. They're going to be just fine. I do hope, you know, For as a fan, I don't want the Elite to leave AEW. I still want to see Kenny Omega in, in AEW. And I still stand by it if Whatever ends up happening with this investigation and it leans towards the elite leaving AEW, I think this is going to be very impactful in a negative way and a tremendous loss for the company. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. And listen, I feel like a lot of, I think a good portion of the fan base won't watch AEW anymore because of that. No, listen, they they leave, down goes the ship, in my opinion, man. The guys who started the company are leaving because Tony's siding with somebody like CM Punk over them. Yeah. That's it. That's that's the ship has sailed. Because yeah, Tony will still have a lot of money. Yeah, he's still going to have a great roster of talent, but you see that happening, uh nobody's going to want to be there anymore. Nobody's going to want to come over from WWE to be there uh just because of, you know, Cody leaving was one thing. Now The Elite leaving, oh my goodness. I don't think that's happening. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think they're, they're safe there. Um, And we'll see how it all plays out further down the line. Again, there's more to come with this, but for right now, everything's, you know, put on the back burner, they're suspended, they're home. So we don't see them, but when they come back and then eventually, eventually when CM Punk comes back, you know, because at this point, if he was not going to come back, he would have, we would have known about it uh, right now. Tony would have gotten rid of him. That would have been it. I don't think Tony has the balls to fire CM Punk and, I can see why it's a tough decision, too, because this is your biggest draw. You know, you're going to be losing a shit ton of money in this business, and it is a business, so I know why it's a tough decision, but uh, you have to think long and hard. Is it really worth it, uh, you know, when you have disgruntled people back there that don't like him, and if if they can't work with him back there, then, you know, you're going to have to make a decision. I'm sure that, you know, you just keep them on opposite sides of the locker room, and whoever doesn't like Punk just doesn't like him. But I think people are still going to have to work with him because, listen, working with CM Punk is going to elevate you. A guy like Ricky Starks or Jungle Boy, for example, they might hate CM Punk's guts, but they know deep down working with CM Punk, having a program with CM Punk on television is only going to help their careers. So maybe, you know, everybody just kind of has to move on and move past it, whether they love him or hate him. I don't know. We'll have to figure that out in eight months time. But, you know, we'll see.
0: Tony also has to look while... Everything's a business too, but you also gotta look at the backstage culture as well. You also don't wanna have a toxin in your country. Right, right. Nobody's gonna wanna fight. be there, you know. CM Punk is a first ballot hall of famer and I will always have a love for CM Punk for his contributions in the wrestling business. Okay. That just cause right now I think he's a total shithead doesn't take away, you know, me growing up on this fucking guy and just seeing how he built his brand and ultimately to who he became CM Punk, right? The guy, but at the same time, CM Punk is not bigger than bigger than the company. And you can't, you can't have that type of guy with that mindset in your locker room. You can't, he disrespected on top of him, him disrespecting EVPs and Colt Cabana. He disrespected the whole AEW as a whole. And he, it's like he went in there kind of wanting to get fired And, and he just won the world title. Come on, man. It's like, unless he's willing to make amends with people, and he, this doesn't mean that he has to be best friends with everyone, but, like, unless he's willing to make amends with people, I, I I, just, if he's not willing to do business the right way, you let him sit, you you eat the bullet, and you let him sit sit down for the rest of his contract. You can't yeah. have a toxin like that in your environment. I'm sorry. You can't. No, 100%. 100%.
1: As much as I A-W, love him, do, it's listen, not worth
0: it. Prior to CM Punk, AEW was the thing. They yeah. survived the pandemic. And while the CM Punk was... The return was great. It got us all in the fields. They would have... AEW would have kept going if the CM Punk return didn't happen. The, okay?
2: The way that if, Punk you know, was acting if was...
0: Didn't return, maybe Cody Rose would have still been in the company. I'll, listen, I'm just throwing that idea out there. Who knows? But... See, AEW would have still been a thing... And they they still been succeeding if CM Punk would have showed would have showed up. It would still been a thing. AEW does not need CM Punk.
1: Yeah, 100%, 100%. They 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 don't, they were fine without him and they will be fine without him if, you know, he doesn't come back. But I mean, Jesus Christ, isn't it crazy how we're sitting here talking about this a little a, year later. a little over a year later. Uh I mean, I the, if you were told me this is how CM Punk's run and AEW was going to go, especially now getting hurt twice after winning the world title. And then on top of all this stuff, man, what a sad, sad story, man. I mean, just, it's really, really crazy. I mean, also too, the young bucks are the two of the guys that wanted Sam Punk to come back, you know, for so long too. I mean, Matt Jackson, I think specifically has always been friends with Punk and he was always texting him to come back. And there was like videos showing up online and people were bringing up about, you know, years ago when the elite used to do those Q and A's on YouTube way back in the day, and people would ask them about CM Punk if if they want to come back to wrestling, they're like, Oh, of course. Like, and then Matt's like, Oh, I only text them all the time, bugging them, and man, to see them fighting each other now, it's just like, God damn, like who would have ever thought, man? I mean, it's just crazy. It's um and
0: I, I think we could unless there's something else that you want to add on. I, I do wanna uh, kind of wrap up with with this with last night so every episode, and I mean I talked about this on the show. Every episode we do, I kind of do like a list of Mario with bullet points and just everything that I do want to talk about and how we're going to direct the show. And I was writing a couple of notes, and then this was like late night last night because I got out of work late, and I'm laying in bed and I'm just scrolling through through Facebook, and I, I came up to this clip of this um, this individual that that he has his challenges, and he was backstage in AEW, and this is going back like a year ago. Okay. He has some challenges, and he was meeting some of the AEW talent. So he met CM Punk, Cody Rhodes, Ruby Soho, I believe uh, Jake Haggard, uh, Jurassic Express, Christian Cage, Matt Hardy. He met a couple of people. And when he met CM Punk, this 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 person, this uh, I want to say he was – maybe he's a kid. I'm not really sure. I, it's really hard to tell. But he was so happy to see CM Punk, and I saw the happiness with CM Punk. Now, this is going back a year ago, okay? Mm-hmm. I saw how CM Punk acted with this with this individual, and he gave him a hug too, and he told him, you know, are you going to have a great time, whatever. And just watching that clip just got me sad because it's like, what the fuck happened? Like you came into this company, you cut this heartfelt promo to the audience in the world saying how he was in a bad place when he left WWE and it was not good for him and that he wanted to make AEW better. And he wanted to work with all these young guys and he's, he was going to kind of be in many ways, like the Terry funk of AEW, just putting all these guys over and just elevating them. And instead, maybe not the first couple of months, but at some point everything fucking changed. And he did the complete opposite of it. And as a fan, CM Punk fan at that. It's very disappointing to me and it does make me sad.
1: Yeah, listen. It's kinda of sounds funny. This what I'm about to say is kinda of sounds funny and people might laugh, but I don't think CM Punk is a bad person. Completely. I really don't. I don't think he's I don't think he's as shitty of a human being as everybody portrays him at. I just think obviously he just made some bad decisions. He op- he opens his mouth and he just doesn't know when to stop. He doesn't like being disrespected. That's very obvious. I feel like if you show him respect, he shows you respect. I remember him in an interview saying that one time where it's like somebody, uh, he was at a hockey game or whatever, and some guy, he was on the line. Hey, I- Phil! Yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> Phil, yeah. And he's like, and he, it totally disrespectful. Like, yo, hey, Phil, come me, let me get a picture. Like, like hey just this an access to him. Yeah, hey, Phil! It. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And CM Punk literally said in that interview, he's like, this guy would have literally... Being a little nicer, you know, a little bit more respectful, I have no problem. But the fact that he just went out, he did something like that, I have no respect for that. I understand that to a T. I don't like being disrespected either, okay? I I literally don't. I don't take shit. You don't want to be walked all over. That's the one thing. It's like you don't – you shouldn't be taking shit from anybody. But there's also a right and a wrong way to do business, especially in this industry when you are a veteran like CM Punk and he is the vet in that locker room. He is the man. You know, in, in in this company, with all these young kids or these children that he called them, you need to know how to conduct business better. You need to be able to set an example. And he did not do that. He did the complete opposite of this. And yeah, listen, if Hangman never brought any of this stuff up, would we have got, would we have be at this point right now? Probably not. So you can essentially say that Hangman started it all. And again, that's why he's no angel in this either. People can side with Hangman or side with the elite. Nobody is an angel in this story, okay? Nobody is. It's just an unfortunate thing. It got to this point. And listen, I'm not defending what CM Punk did. It was very unprofessional, very just I mean, listen, he's the he's the root of all these problems. This it could have all been done and and handled after he gave his receipt to Hangman on live television when he went into business for himself. Instead, he chose to to go this route and here we are. But I don't think CM Punk is overall this awful human being that like literally like just you know like i don't even know what i'm getting at here but i get what you're saying because i feel the same way i feel like deep down inside and, and listen
0: for everyone that that's like foxy and punk i want nothing to do i right. I, I understand i, under, I in a way i do understand that i get it because it's like especially the people the AEW fan base right because we love aw so much because they were the alternative right for so for for the last couple of years. They were a breath of fresh air. And for CM Punk to come in here and pretty much kind of just flip the whole company upside down in a bad way, just going by the reports and some of the talent that have been very vocal, it does hurt you because you feel like don't ruin something that we love, right?
1: I know. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. yeah.
0: But also, at the same time, there's still like a little part of me that feels like yeah, maybe CM Punk views on things and the way he carries himself does come off a little bit egotistical and he comes off a bit of a shithead. Yeah. But part of me feels like deep down inside, there's still like a good person there. And I know that's very hard, especially now, right? Because everything's so fresh. I know that's very hard for people to understand. But part of me does feel that way. But that doesn't mean I condone his actions and that no. also doesn't mean that i'm condoning the elites actions too but for the people that saying that everyone should get fired you're you're just a complete moron even yeah, listen yeah. even after the investigation takes place okay i still think unless cm punk may first of all i don't think anybody should get fired i think right. what ends up what ends up what should happen is if cm punk is like if we find cm punk guilty with with everything that's happened like Sam Punk is just the cause of all this, which I think that's kind of like the feel of everyone, right? Sam Punk shouldn't get fired unless he's willing to make amends with with everyone, with the locker room, with the elite, with everyone, with Hangman. If he's not willing to do that and do business the right way, then I was like, okay, you know what? Just go home. And Tony has to eat that bullet. Because yeah. if he fires if he fires Punk. Trust and believe CM Punk is going to sue Tony and AEW. Yeah, right. That right. is that is going to happen. So I think you prevent that. If CM Punk is not willing to do business the right way, go home, bro. I'll, I'll eat this bullet and you will get your money and that's it. That's what you need to do. Ugh,
1: the hardest part, too, is like, Jesus Christ, man. This is such childish bullshit where it's like, you're leaving so much money on the table too, with like Sam that's Punk of CM versus Punk and Omega. I know. CM Punk versus all these guys, like so much money that CM Punk could generate for this company for Tony. The way he disrespected Tony like that to pull all this crap where we might not even get CM Punk versus Omega ever now. You know, because who knows if they're gonna want to work with each other. Like Listen, it's you know, such a shame that it had to get to this point where it's just like, geez, man, like this all could have been avoided. This literally all could have been avoided. In a perfect world, right? In
0: a perfect world, if they somehow can make amends, and I'm not saying they can't be best friends, right? Right, but right. But especially, like, everything that we know now about, you know, with the, with the, everything that happened after All Out whatever. If somehow within the next eight months, because CM Punk is hurt, right? First of all, if it, it, in, a, in a crazy world, if CM Punk makes amends with everyone and he's willing to do business the right way and he's apologetic and he does what he needs to do, right, eight months from now, let me tell you something. Tony Khan, don't put the world title back on Punk, okay? Don't do that at all. Yeah, it's a curse. That's a curse. But what you could do is, yo, what if you turn FTR heel and you have Punk join FTR and have them feud with the Elite? Or even now with Malachi Black being gone, you put Punk with the House of Black and you have them feud with the Elite. Like, there's so many different things you could do there. And you're going to have the fan base so invested in it because you know there's real-life tensions there, right? Right. And you make some money out of it. Right, Now, right. do I see that happening? No.
1: It's gonna be but hard. in a perfect
0: <laughs> world? My God, bro.
1: I know. I mean, look, at uh, one of the greatest examples recently um, is Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle. Now, they've had beef. If you're not aware, they had beef a long time ago, something that Riddle's ex-wife said something about Becky, and he backed her up, and Seth wanted nothing to do with him. He said he would never work with Riddle. In an interview with Ariel Helwani, right before the Clash of the Castle... Uh, you know, he asked Seth, he's like, you know, has the problems got better now that you guys are working together? He's like, he, and he, he paused and he stopped and he's like, he's like, we're not going to be best friends backstage. He's like, we're not going to go out and get a slice of pizza after the show. He's like, but I'm a professional and I'm going to be professional with him. And they had a killer match at the Clash at the Castle. Yep. They, they've had a killer feud, but they don't necessarily love each other. Who's to say that it can't be the same thing down the line with CM Punk, Punk and other people like that as well? Again, that's what Tony also said in the post, uh, Scrum. He said, it's not necessarily a bad thing that they don't like each other, because we can settle the scores in the ring, but of course, you know, they have to be civil with one another backstage as well, because that's where, you know, that's, that's the most important thing, first and foremost, before you can get on screen with these guys. So, uh, listen, there's going to be a lot of things to be smoothed over. I don't know what CM Punk is thinking about all this. I don't know what the Bucks and Kenny are thinking about all this, but man, oh man, like only time will tell what's going to happen in the long run uh, with, with these guys being in the same locker room. And I mean, I think the elite, like I said before, are fine. They're safe. I don't think they're going anywhere uh, despite them threatening to leave. But the most interesting thing is going to be the future of CM Punk after these eight months, nine months, whatever his recovery time is. See what happens with him. I don't know, man. I'm I'm definitely gonna be intrigued to see what happens when, when or or if they bring him back.
0: Let me tell you something. If CM Punk, regardless what happens in this investigation, and I'm just going by my gut feeling, I don't think he'll make amends or whatever. So I think the most what what's most more plausible is that he'll probably end up just sitting the rest of his contract mm-hmm. when that time is up, and that's it. And this is how. CM Punk's like in ring return no. ends up being talk about the biggest congratulations you played yourself that okay. to me probably is arguably the most terrible second run in wrestling history yeah yeah
1: he should have just stayed retired
0: <laughs> seven came years back cm punk chance for to what we have now is Wow, bro, it's it's very disappointing, man. And I'm not saying that Punk didn't give us some cool moments during his AEW run. Like I thought his MJF feud was awesome, but man, overall, what an underwhelming second run. Like it wasn't Shawn Michaels 2002 returning. Okay, <laughs> definitely That's wasn't sure. that. Um, man, it's it's rough, man. It's really really rough and. I think AEW will be just fine, and for like I said, going back to what I said before, for those that are writing off AEW and just shitting on AEW in every fucking post uh, that you guys fucking do, because there's like a lot of podcasters and content creators that are fucking do that, doing that, you're just a piece of shit. You shouldn't even have that mindset. But um, AEW would be just fine, especially with that powerful John Moxley promo that we got this past Wednesday night, and then just overall the dynamite that we got on Wednesday. I thought it was a great show, especially just coming off the heels of of. All this controversy. I think this was the the step in the right direction. Um, I'm my biggest worry right now is 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 the elite, the Bucks and Kenny mm-hmm. Omega. That's my biggest concern because I love them so much, and I do not want them to go to, A, to leave AEW at all. No I don't want that to happen. And man, it'll be I'll, I'll be, be I'll be very sad if that was to happen. And that's not what I want. So, just hoping for the best here. And I don't know, man. I think. I think that might be it, bro. I think, I think, is there anything else you want to add around
1: to all this? I think
0: we, I think I mean, we, listen,
1: we can go four or five hours just talking about so many different things in depth. and right. But I think at this point, you know, it's, it's almost a week later. I think everybody knows all the details, all the specifics. We gave our opinions on it and everything. And now it's just basically seeing how this all plays out from here, here on out, you know, um, seeing who becomes the world champ, seeing when, when they give the belt to MJF, when the elite come back to hopefully get their trios titles back. And then, you know, when CM Punk eventually comes back in 2023. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's for now, that's really, really it. You know, Leo, you will be fine. That's, that's the, that's the moral of the story. Leo, do you have any thoughts or anything you kind of want to add on to anything that we just talked
0: about? I I know you've been busy.
2: no, I, I, you guys kind of covered uh, just about everything. The only thing that I wanted to add, you know, when you guys were talking about CM Punk and how he was acting, you would think, just looking from the outside in, that he lost the title that night. You know, like he <laughs> yeah. was forced. Yeah. Like he was yeah. forced to do the job. You know what I mean? That, that's what it felt like. And, and at the end of the day, yeah, it's a business. That's why, like, uh, I had a boss once tell me, don't ever take my friendship as a sign of weakness. I think that's what's happening with Tony Khan. A lot of these guys are taking that friendship as a sign of weakness. Where oh, hey, yeah. oh, I can yeah. get away with whatever I want. I can say with whatever I want. Um, in that in that sense, and I think it's going to be the one of the very few times where we give Vince McMahon all the credit because he knew how to separate the business from the friendship. You know, he, and, and and I think that's that's ultimately what you have to do. Do you have to be friends with with your top guys? At the end of the day, no? But you just have to learn how to be civil and uh and again, if we're not making money, then we can't be in business. So, uh, I think uh Papa Khan probably talked to his son and that's why everybody was uh was put in uh timeout.
0: Yeah, man, Tony Khan um didn't look good in all this either. Uh, <laughs> he, he knew. He he, look, he looks on. weak. Yeah, he looks. he looked like a pushover. He, if I was in studio right now, I'd definitely hit him with the bitch drop. <laughs> hey, no, we don't
2: have it, but we have the other. No, one. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I'm
0: just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying in general. But
2: uh, no, yeah, but, but so, so what you guys are saying, you know, with all these scenarios and how to how to bring it back, I think if everything does fix itself, you have to do, you know, Matt Hardy Edge type. You know, hey, show the the background stuff, show it in the ring, and that's how you yeah. make money. Again, uh, like it or not. That's what actually separated Matt from Jeff at that point, because Matt, you know, he was just the Marty Jannetty up to that point. Um, but it also elevates, you know, your 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 edge type. So how do you do it here? Again, you don't need to elevate Punk anymore, but I think you make it into storyline where you start to add these other guys. Uh, somebody in the in the chat said you have Colt Cavana beat him in the ring with the Elite at ringside. Hey, bring it into storyline.
0: Well, listen, this is what I will say. If CM Punk does, you know, uh, make amends with everyone, I can tell you who he's not going to make amends to, and that's with coca Cabana. There's no way that's going to happen, I mean, you, but you, you yeah, what the I will guy, say so. is, and, and, we'll, and we'll finish it off with this, if somehow in a perfect world everything becomes right and Punk does is willing to do business the right way, there's no way Punk will ever be a babyface again. You need to embrace this heel role and be that villain. You need to be that Piece of shit scumbag CM Punk on camera. You need to be that way. The best CM Punk, in my opinion, too. So yeah, yep. you need to embrace that. Um, that said, I, I you know I'm gonna um, I'm gonna give it to you, Ryan, so you can give your plugs in. But I do want to uh, just give a special thank you to Teddy and Sergio for their hospitality when I was in Chicago. Mm-hmm. They're they're fucking amazing. I love them both. I love Oridian as well. Follow them at Rest Friends. Also, uh, Casey. At over the moonsault, and then also low from the wrestling wind down. Um, we really got to connect and know each other um, overall that weekend. They're fucking phenomenal people. They're awesome people. So make sure you give them a follow. Uh, and Ryan, take it away, bro. We whew, what a what a show, baby. What a show.
1: Yeah, we covered a lot. Um, yeah, just follow at lucha Outsiders on Twitter. I post a lot of stuff uh, from the trip. A lot of videos from gcw um pictures from all out um yeah just you know follow on there if you're not already leo give me your plugs in.
2: losradio.com if you know anybody that wants to do anything like this like what we see you know video audio that's what we're doing so losradio.com
0: all right, you can follow me at RatedR 87. Make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you miss anything or everything on today's episode, make sure to download and subscribe to the podcast version of the show. iTunes, SoundCloud, you want to be fancy. Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, La Mascla app, Illustrator.com, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Wherever you get your podcast needs, and that is it.
2: Imagine having to deal with a CM Punk at work.
0: Oh man, what a what a mess, bro! What a fucking mess. This
1: whole situation It's very disappointing, bro. It is. It's sad. It's sad because especially because we look. I mean, you know, we're both CM Punk fans, and just to you know, we're both fans of the Elite, and just to see them clash and come head to head, it just kind of just yeah, it's not something we expected.
2: Either that or have them hide it better, you know.
0: No, I just think, like I said, if Punk can't make amends with with everyone, then just sit him for the rest of his contract. Because, like I said, if you fire him, he's gonna sue AEW. Yeah, and that's yeah. not something you want. You don't want that.
1: We'll see what happens. It's gonna get interesting, man. It's far from over.
0: It's far from over. But
1: at least for now, I think. AEW... For now, it's for now. As everything's died down a yeah. little, hopefully. Bye. But...
2: but did they ever say why he was like so pissed?
1: it's just CM Punk being CM
0: Punk
2: <laughs> yeah like
1: but he, he was he was under the impression that the elite Young Bucks um, leaked out the information that he got Colt oh, back fired you know but apparently add Dave, on to that
0: the dirt sheets like the Brian Alvarez and the Sean they Ross said Stacks it wasn't him they yeah. said that it wasn't the Young Bucks this is yeah. just more like everybody
3: just,
0: yeah just people assuming that the reason why Colt got motive was because of Punk and Punk believed
1: it I guess though I don't know Maybe he yeah. knows something we don't, I don't know, but yeah, hold him. Go, I mean, all them, all go, those...
0: go, go, Mario! Alright, or Ryan Rado, yeah. or the old man Leo. Yeah. I'm your truly mystery, until next time, right, Woo! That is and literally. LC and that was him Punk at the scroll. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I should
2: have let her play. <laughs> that was just him throwing shit around. <laughs>